I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece My Towels for only $29.98 or rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper as low as $99.99. Or how about MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to mypillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six piece towels for only $29.98. Or get your very own MyPillow bedsheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. And good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday, December 6th. Can you imagine we are into a turn into December uh, and thereby uh, obliterating and pulverizing 2023, which is essentially a breach of the door into the year that you will reelect President Donald J. Trump. So help me God. Give me Trump or give me death. That's it. Those are your options. So uh, even if Trump doesn't want to run, he's going to anyways, right? He shouldn't. He should be rubbing aloe vera on the very beautifully sheened legs of Melania Trump on an island that he can purchase himself with uh, one of his favorite beverages uh, in hand. Uh, but he's chosen not to do that. He's chosen to join us. And he says, give me Trump or give me death. He refers to himself as Trump, by the way. Just want you guys to know that. Uh, but welcome, everybody. I'm your host of the Peace Antilles show. Uh, the broadcast at uh, 8 a.m. We kick it off. Hello uh, to everybody over at Rumble. Uh, at the two-minute mark, we wait for our beloved fans on Lindell TV. Um, Frank's speech, which will be coming up here uh, in just about 53 seconds. Deb Jordan, let's uh -huh. say hello right at the top of the hour. All right, in 48 seconds. And if you haven't seen, and where are your glasses? I got them right here. You do? Sure. I'll put those on so I can put you on screen. Well, I don't care if you see me without them. Yeah, okay, uh, if you can put your shirt on too, please. <laughs> hmm? Just kidding. All right, I got it on. Hi, Just good joking. morning. Hi, good morning. The hell hello. Are you? I know I caught you off guard, maybe, because uh, I was going to put you on screen for 26 seconds. Yeah, that's okay. I want you to. Um, good morning, everyone. Good morning, everybody, especially our supporters, avid supporters over at local. You're on our backstage line. We are making marked improvements to make sure that your viewing pleasure and your access to us is is unmatched and ladies and gentlemen uh here we go uh in four three two have a great previously show. on the pete santilli show this is the most important broadcast that i have ever done right here and right now wow and i'm not going to be issuing any threats but i'm going to tell you this right now Robert Kagan needs to be arrested immediately. 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 Right away. Because Robert Kagan called for 
before 9-11 took place, and it mm -hmm. came true. Robert Kagan is the husband of Victoria Newland, who overthrew the Ukraine, right? Mm -hmm. And that came true. And that set us on the front doorstep of what is going right now. And that is the murder of hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians, a lot of special forces operators in the hundreds of thousands in their thirst for going after the boogeyman known as the Soviet Union that doesn't even exist anymore. And you know what's going to happen today mm. at three o'clock this afternoon? Mm -hmm. um, Zelensky is having a private uh, conference with the Senate. Mm -hmm. And after that, they are going to vote on $106 billion going out for Israel and for Ukraine. And uh, I think uh, Ukraine is set to get $60 billion of that. I mean, it is insane what's happening today. So keep your eyes on that. The people are so brainwashed under a CIA MK Ultra program through the mainstream media and the people that have hijacked our government that they can't even bring justice as it relates to Chauvin because that's just one guy. They have to worry about the millions of people that would be so outraged they would take to the streets and perpetrate violence, just like in the summer of Inferno. Remember that. They did not reverse it. So what did they do to Derek Chauvin? Mm -hmm. They attempted to kill him, to murder him in jail so that the truth would never be seen. And I'm here to deliver the truth right now. If you are in federal law enforcement, they're coming after you. They're coming after you. And by the way, if you sided with them, Right? And you betrayed your country? Let me tell you what who's gonna get the bullet in the back of the head first. Okay? You see, the Chai Coms have much better respect for me. You know why? Because I've never taken to a knee to them. I will never take a knee to them, and I will spend my every last breath making sure that I kill as many of them as I possibly can. And to every person trapped in tyranny, whether in the Ukraine, Hungary, Czechoslovakia, Cuba, or Vietnam, we send our love and support and tell them they are not alone. Our message must be your struggle is our struggle, your dream is our dream, and someday you too will be free. As Pope John Paul told his beloved Poles, we are blessed by divine heritage. We are children of God and we cannot be slaves. History shows that it is precisely when totalitarian regimes begin to decay from within, it is precisely when they feel the first real stirrings of domestic unrest that they seek to reassure their own people of their vast and unchallengeable power through imperialistic expansion or foreign adventure. So the era ahead of us is one that will see grave challenges and be fraught with danger. Yet it's one that I firmly believe will end in the triumph of the civilized world and the supremacy of its beliefs in individual liberty, representative government, and the rule of law under God. And that
That's why we must now summon all the nations of the world to a crusade for freedom and a global campaign for the rights of the individual. I look at you and I know I'm looking at people who have seen and suffered the full gamut of totalitarian terror. Some of you lost friends and loved ones in your struggles. And some of you risk your lives and all your earthly belongings. And you will bear scars for the rest of your life. You are men and women of courage, heroes who have devoted a lifetime to struggle for God's greatest gift for freedom. And for that, I can only say I'm honored to be here with you today, and I'll be proud to stand by you always. Today, the goals of our foreign policy are the same as they have been for the last four decades. We stand against totalitarianism, particularly imperialist expansionist totalitarianism. We are for democracy and human rights, and we are for a worldwide prosperity that only free economies can give, and the pursuit of human happiness that only political freedom allows. Tyrants tyrannize because that's what they do for a living. But the ungodly force called tyranny still cannot rid the human soul of its freedom no matter how hard it may try. Tyrants can defy the benefits of, or deny the benefits, I should say, of freedom to their peoples, can kill freedom by killing free people. But freedom itself they cannot have. For one thing, people like you won't allow it nor will that higher being allow it. Our greatest freedom, the freedom to choose right from wrong, cannot be willed away by the tyrants. For God has given all humankind the gift of knowing right from wrong and the responsibility to choose between them. This, my friends, is the essence of freedom, that we follow the biblical admonition, I have set before you life and death, therefore choose life. That tyranny is a parasite that saps the strength of a nation in its sway, that like those who lived under Macbeth's tyranny, the tyrannized millions will ever cry out. Our country sinks beneath the yoke, it weeps, it bleeds, and each new day a gash is added to her wounds. Tyranny fails, freedom works. These facts so little accepted only a decade ago are now indisputable. To all those trapped in tyranny, wherever they may be, let us speak with one voice, not as Republicans or Democrats, but as Americans, saying, you are not alone. Your dreams are not in vain. Hold on to your dreams because the tide of the future is a freedom tide and totalitarianism cannot hold it back. Truly, freedom, freedom. Without freedom, you can't be a Christian no matter what denomination you belong to. You can't be a Buddhist. You can't own a donut shop. You can't drive from here to Oregon. You can't be an American because that's what it's all about. And it's the only thing that it's all about, nothing else. Nothing else. It's about freedom. There is a time to pray and there's a time to stand.
we go. And the how do you do? Good morning. How do you do? How do you do? Good morning, everybody. I'm Pete Santilli, host of the Pete Santilli Show. If you just, um, somebody threw you into this mosh pit, um, you're not going to be harmed by it. You're just going to be wandering around a little bit saying, what the heck is going on in here? Uh, so welcome to the show. Click, click, boom. You may have landed on our show here on Rumble. Uh, you may have landed on our show, our live streams um, on Lindell TV. Uh, by the way, everybody knows mm -hmm. where my loyalty is. I will never, ever, 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 ever turn on Mike Lindell. We will be on Lindell TV. Mm -hmm. um, we would love to be, and I say exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. So we are exclusively on, through our partnership, on Rumble and Lindell TV. And Lindell TV is on Rumble. Rumble is is a great partner uh, in advocating for free speech. Uh, we're, we're digging in our heels. We will be exercising our free speech. And guess what? We have a number of days now, counting down 2023. Stick a fork in it. It's almost over. And we will go into 2024. The year that you will uh, come rain, sleet, or snow, um, or shine, you will be voting for uh, President Trump as the 47th right president of the United States. They want to kill you to stop you from doing that. Um, they would love to be able to do that um but since they can't kill all of us uh what they're going to do is to try to kill president trump and they're outwardly speaking of that mm -hmm. uh, robert kagan published in an article in the washington post an op-ed that uh we were not even going to say that it was coded okay it wasn't um, hmm? it was pretty straightforward i mean if i came out and said all right everyone um Act like Jeffrey Dahmer and go eat Trump. You know, mm -hmm. is that coded? <laughs> right? Huh? No, it's not. He was uh, pretty, pretty open about it. And uh, I'm going to have a, a special little surprise for everybody here on this Wednesday, December 6th. Welcome. Get settled in. All right. Deb Jordan, here are our marching orders. Mm -hmm. All right, one step at a time. And trust me, I'm going to take you one step at a time and we're going to win. Few guarantees in life. If you follow my lead, we win. Communists are smashed and gone forever. Okay? Mm -hmm. No matter what they do, what they say, uh, they take the reins of power. They are proof that you don't give um, leftists that much power and fall asleep at the wheel. Don't mm -hmm. do that because guess what they do? They abuse it. Mm-hmm. Okay, they absolutely abuse it. So, um, so I'm I'm going to guarantee you one powerful thing, and that is if you follow my lead, we will win, guaranteed. All right. Now I'm going to ask you first, right now, simple step doesn't cost you anything, right? show it's our way of showing it's kind of like whipping up a little tornado inside of our little mosh pit known as our gathering of viewership right mm -hmm. uh upon this rock we will build our church uh with the dust devil all right and you mash that rumble button um and you're literally just you're you're propelling the show 
and placing it on the top 50 leaderboard, which I'm going to check out as you say hello and I get ready to take a look at our, our threads. And by the way, if you have, don't, don't, don't do this, okay? Because here's the second step that you need to take. First of all, practice the fine art of pretending like you're not anonymous on the internet, allowing somebody else to save your country for you, and you're going to get a good result out of that. That's called insanity. What is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting that your country is going to be saved. And it's mm -hmm. not. Uh, we're the first line of defense in this country. So first step is everybody participate. And they're not. Okay? Shame on us. But we can fix that right now. Everybody punch that button. Second step is if you have punched that button, okay? We don't say, well, I did it. There you go. <laughs> you know, and then lay down and expect us to come up with a, you know, a nice tickly feather and, and get the lint out of your belly button. That's not going to happen. You got to get to work because faith without good works is what? Is dead. Is dead. So your job is because we're in a force multiplication kind of business. Um, instead of me ranting, begging everybody to rise up and help save our country, we're all going to do it. All right. I want to make mm -hmm. absolutely certain as we build this army um, that we say to Ceausescu, if you want our way of life, you got to get past us. Okay. And if you're sitting on the sidelines and you didn't do your part and you don't, didn't provide enough energy for us all and you just said, let's see what happens. Are they going to get shot? You know, I'll hide mm -hmm. behind my computer over here. What are they doing? Don't do that. Don't be a coward. All right. Mash that button. Do it. It doesn't hurt. It Not only does it not <laughs> hurt, it truly benefits us by not doing it. It's like taking a flamethrower to your groins. Mm. Okay. You take a flamethrower to your groin and it doesn't feel good. You're not going to get really good results out of it. And it may produce shrinkage. <laughs> what? Oh, boy. Listen, your, I want to thank Rico. He's dropped the... Rico, angel investor, Rico. I'm going to... drop two 20s. Dang, dude. Lucy Gone dropped the 50, and I can't Is he see, keeping track? I can't see who dropped the 10, if you want to say it was me. Oh, my goodness. Patriot what? Patriot... Oh, Patriot, Patriot 4. 4. We love you so much. Thank you so much for that. Thank you guys so Rico, very, very much. You know what? Rico uh, is an angel investor. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, my God. He has been like since the beginning of time. What right? I, okay. So this is what I'll do for him. Uh, I won't pick on him for being in the Air Force. Yeah. From here on out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm going to do. He was a great soldier. Still is. Oh, my goodness. Uh, he's an amazing, amazing... And by the He's way, now, now right out of the gates, are we on uh, front page? I'm going to check to see if we're on front page of Rumble. I think we are because boom, we just had 1,100 people drop in. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, yeah. Our top news headline today, and we're going to get right to it. RFK Jr. shockingly admits, and we're going to listen to his own words. Mm -hmm. And I will have commentary about his own words. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot RFK to unpack. Hmm? There's a lot to unpack in what he said. Yeah. You know, it just wasn't something off the cuff. No. I, he's, well, we'll talk about it here in a minute. Go ahead. RFK Jr. shockingly admits a connection to Jeffrey Epstein. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, 
can it be as innocent as what he presented in the public? Uh, I'm going to say absolutely not. Um, mm. You know, do you trust your family member that's hooked on heroin that they're not going to steal something from you and go buy more heroin? <laughs> no, you you will not. You love them, right? If your brother is in your house and he's addicted to heroin and you have a lot of uh, valuable belongings, mm -hmm. would you leave them in your house and, and not keep a close eye on them? Mm. No. You see, when... When people fall into the pit, okay, uh, and they're suffering through addiction, which I might add with RFK Jr. includes a sexual addiction. Oh, and uh, he, he admits mm -hmm. that. Actually. He admits that. So somebody with a sexual addiction, uh, addiction said he went on Jeffrey Epstein's plane, but he didn't do anything. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, we, and I'm not just picking on him just to pick on him. Uh, I will continue to pick on him until he publicly comes out and says, I denounce all of the work that I did in collusion with the government and the environmental industry to destroy businesses under the guise of cleaning up the environment. Lives, lives and families. Destroyed. Yep. And he, uh, you, you might as well give him a British accent and let him <laughs> use his little gravelly voice talking about the climate change hoax because this guy's all about carbon taxes. Oh, you bet. Um, uh, you bet. His father uh, was part, I think he was one of the founders of the Sierra Club. His this grandfather. Grandfather, okay. Mm -hmm. Was um, best friends and seated. That's right. Seated uh, the Sierra Club which grew into a monster, which is now actually part of our government. And, you know, it, mm. it really is. It yep. steers. Uh, yeah. On the other side of our first break here, I have a very, very huge and special announcement. Uh, a huge and special announcement regarding, hey, by the way, you got to cheer us on. Uh, because not all of us have supported us, yeah, I'm going broke, you know, starting mm -hmm. adding up debt again after it was paid off. That's not good. Uh, we have a new sponsor, uh, but it's a powerful selection of a sponsor that our entire audience is going to love and you're going to benefit from. How do I know this? Because we've done this before. We have. And Deb Jordan last night made a comment. She's like, do you remember when we were doing that? Blah, blah, blah. We're doing great. And we, we didn't make, we make peanuts. Remember that? Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, stay right there. We'll be back uh, right after this short message from our sponsor. I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece My Towels for only $29.98. Or rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper as low as $99.99. Or how about MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to mypillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six piece towels for only $29.98. 
or get your very own MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Are you prepared for life's unexpected twists and turns? Lockdowns, natural disasters, power outages, or any situation that makes it tough to get your hands on a good meal. Time waits for no one, and neither do emergencies. PetePrepStore.com is the ultimate in long-term emergency food preparedness and supplies. You're not just buying food, you're buying peace of mind. Our meals are designed to be nutritious, delicious, and have a 25-year shelf life. Yes, you heard that right. 25 years. We source high-quality non-GMO ingredients and use advanced freeze-drying technology to lock in taste and nutrients. Forget last-minute runs to the grocery store. Pete Prep Store is a click away and delivers right to your doorstep. Why risk the well-being of you and your loved ones? With Pete Prep Store, you're always prepared. Make the smart choice today. Visit PetePrepStore.com and place your order today. This isn't just food. It's your lifeline in times of crisis. Don't wait for an emergency to prepare. Be proactive. PetePrepStore.com. Be prepared. Be secure. Be ready. Always. Hi, I'm Ron Paul. I know what you're thinking. Another gold commercial. But don't put the TV on mute. You owe it to yourself to listen. Stock markets may be high right now, but they'll eventually fall. And when they do, your retirement savings will fall along with them. Call the experts at Gold Co. today to learn more about how easy it is to invest in gold with a gold IRA. Call 855-614-1681 or visit goldco.com forward slash Pete. Cardio Miracle is the finest and most comprehensive nitric oxide and vitamin D supplement in the world. Made from the highest quality ingredients, Cardio Miracle is driven and backed by science and committed to your health and well being. Get your 60 day, no risk, money back guarantee now at CardioMiracle.com. Listening to the Pete Santilli Show. Pete Santilli telling you the truth, whether you like it or not. That uh, open uh, just sends me back in time. Mm. You know what it reminds me of? What? Uh, the mode I was in where I said, oh, Deb, uh, get out. don't worry about it. I'm talking on the phones. Um, I won't pick on the FBI. And that lasted like four <laughs> days. Huh? Right. Uh, in October of 2017, uh, I went from uh, literally being involved. I'm not at the center, Bob, by no means, but I think everyone can agree. Uh, mm-hmm. And I share this with you just so you know this. If you called Clive and Bundy and said, hey, did Pete do some... Uh, some Pete Santilli bull in a china shop, really good work to kick the crap out of the deep state. And he will say yes. He always gives a praise and recognition. He always does. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's uh, really busy. Uh, and guess what he's busy doing? Ranging. He's busy eating the grass right? on the land that <laughs> Robert F. Kennedy Jr. would stop at nothing to make sure that he ended and Clive and Bundy was the last rancher standing. He mm-hmm. stood up for our Constitution. Amen. He stood up for our God. He stood up in the face of tyranny. Uh, mm-hmm. And ultimately, uh, they exposed themselves. They were a bunch of criminals. Mm-hmm. So that is a story. Uh, the final chapters of which are being written. 
mm-hmm. um, uh, to this day. You'll be hearing more about that. But yeah. um, Cliven Bundy is busy grazing his cattle. The Department of Interior is listening to my voice right now, and they are fuming. Uh, mm-hmm. RFK Jr. has failed in this regard, and we will overturn every single um, sue and settle arrangement where he literally handed hundreds of millions, if not billions and billions of dollars mm-hmm. uh, on behalf of the environmental companies, and now he's pushing for carbon tax reduction and blah, blah, blah. Guess what? At COP28, we heard from Mark Morano, there is zero evidence to justify anything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. In fact, the harm that they're going to cause humanity, including the potential to uh, starve out, you know, millions and millions of people, uh, that even the former president of Greenpeace has said, I denounce what these people are doing. Mm-hmm. This is like one of the far, he's literally a eco-terrorist. And not even the eco-terrorists are going along with what RFK Jr. built his entire career on. He made millions of dollars. He had to pay for his freaking drug and sex addiction. Right? Mm-hmm. He did. He is a, 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 an admitted uh, drug and sex addict. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, now, that's the lead-in to our top news headline. Uh, he has made a public admission. Um, mm-hmm. That you have to analyze it and say, well, is he credible uh, that that a sex addict uh, was around people that were blacking, blackmailing people with sex and he didn't have sex. Right. That's mm-hmm. like uh, what the hell is his name? Jim Baker going to a little boy's whorehouse. OK, mm-hmm. saying that he didn't d- dip his hand in the cookie jar. All right. Mm-hmm. Do you trust him? <laughs> no, no. Right. Jim Baker was it? Was he nailed for doing little boys? Who's that? Jim Baker. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Jim Baker, you know what I'm talking about? I think yeah, the the pat the preacher, the televangelist. Yes. Yeah, I think that he was a pedophile, right? Uh, and closet homosexual, and yeah. that all came out in his trial. Would you trust him and say, "Well, I'm a I'm a preacher, you know, and I went around all those naked boys, and I didn't touch any one of them"? Mm-hmm. Would you believe him? <laughs> He's already convicted for doing such things. Mm. So let's ask ourselves if we believe RFK Jr. right here. Ready? There he is with um, uh, another big pharma salesperson, Jesse (laughs) Waters. It's funny. Yeah. You weren't ever on Jeffrey Epstein's jet, were you? Yeah, I was on Jeffrey Epstein's jet two times. I was on it uh, in 1993, and I was on it in and I went to Florida with my wife and uh, two children to visit my mom over Easter. Um, my my wife had some kind of relationship with Glenn Maxwell. Oof. Uh, <laughs> hmm? Hold on. Push the pause button. Mm-hmm. All right. So let me ask you something. Sure. How this? And if you're Italian and you got uh, family members that are in the mob, you know what I'm talking about here. All right. Mm-hmm. How many people uh, have been murdered by 
Gotti or his underlings on the way to church on Sunday? Mm. How many? Gotti? John Gotti. On their way to church on Sunday? Yeah, they're going to church on Sunday, and they just swing by and mm. whack the dude that's on the hit list. Yeah, All right? I'd say uh, quite a bit. And, and the police would come to them and say, what were you doing Sunday morning? I was going to church. <laughs> right? That's yeah. exact. This is exactly how they would respond. I was mm -hmm. on my way to church. Just by saying that, you know, causes everybody to let their guard down. I was going to see my mom. Okay. Did you folks know this? This is a true story. Mm -hmm. uh, I've literally had girls naked in my room at the other side of the house with my mom over on the other side. Okay. So, you know, if I got caught by somebody else and I'm naked with a girl in my bedroom, right, when I was a teenager, mm -hmm. uh, I'd say, oh, 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 my mom's right over here, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that doesn't negate the fact that I was <clears throat> conjugating very inappropriately, by the way, mm -hmm. premaritally. Is that correct? <laughs> I guess so. You wouldn't huh? be the only teenage boy that did that, but yeah. Well, but that's a, but you understand what and I'm I, saying. That's why I, I can I, I can bring it it's up. Like it's like if not, somebody says, "Oh my gosh!" Oh, I was going know. to see my mom. If somebody okay. if somebody accuses you of having girls in your room, you go, "I did not." Now, now my remember, mom was right over in the same room. We have to establish whether or not this gentleman is credible. He's done great work, by the way, going up against Fauci. He has. Mm -hmm. He's done awesome work. He has. Uh, he's done great work in exposing the CIA's assassination mm -hmm. uh, of his father and mm -hmm. his uncle. He's done great work. Mm -hmm. uh, but that does not count. That's like the priest has given hundreds of successive beautiful sermons. Uh, but uh, uh, Father O'Neill, uh, did you touch that 14-year-old boy? Uh, yes, but I've given hundreds of successful beautiful Roman Catholic sermons, mm. right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, okay, you've done that, but does that cancel out you diddling that 14-year-old boy? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, I nothing to see here. Look over here, right? My stance on this is this. Listen, even Trump has admitted that he used Jeffrey Epstein's jet and that he, too, I think, flew to Los Angeles. And I will say this. No girl has come forward to say that President Trump ever molested a minor. I've never heard that. Oh, I, there's girls that have. There's lawsuits right now, actually. What? There a were minor? lawsuits, and then the girl dropped it, and then... Um, that's not going that's not on, huh? Yeah, he has been accused, and he has been, um, you know, he has been. Of having sex with minors? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Yeah, her name's are Katie. They, her name's they, Katie. Something. Are they you credible? You don't remember that? Are they credible? No, because here's what happened. Or was it years afterwards? Yeah, oh gosh. It, it's just been in the last six years that, you know, I think there's been like a few girls who have come forward. and But here's the point. None of them, none of those girls say that that happened on Epstein Island. But one of them says that he in a, he was inappropriate with her at Jeffrey Epstein's apartment, but none of it has been. Um, you know, they that girl dropped the case. She dropped out because they proved that she wasn't even mm. in New York yeah. at the time, yeah. and proved that she was 
pretty much a liar. I I right? do not like that. Okay. Uh, hey, you know, I have never seen anything credible, even against Guess Hill, mm -hmm. Alan Dershowitz. I've read all of the transcripts and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um. I, there's nothing that could nail him for for being a pedophile. Not nothing. I mean, I, I've heard, mm -hmm. you know. Well, we would never know unless we saw the actual videos but, that but people I, but, are saying that the FBI has uh, mm -hmm. all the video footage of of all the people who were that were compromised. I mean, we just won't know unless that all of that's released. Mm. But. We can take also, but remember in Trump's case, the the main girls that were successful in getting Jeffrey Epstein convicted of human trafficking uh, minors, right? Um, those girls, all of them said that uh, Trump was never on Epstein Island, and that mm -hmm. is proven. He's never been on Epstein Island, mm -hmm. and that um, they... He he was at some parties in Manhattan mm. and where Jeffrey Epstein was, and um, but that Trump never was inappropriate with any of the girls ever. Yeah, so right, okay, right. So I go by facts, okay. I go by facts. Now, I oh, somebody just asked if I'm anti-Trump. No, I'm not. Ooh, I'm I'm just. No, let's make it really clear. Um, no, 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 no. I'm just no. saying what I'm I am saying what is out there. If, right? if President Trump, if there was evidence that President Trump molested a minor, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh it it's not an anti-Trump thing. It is a pro arrest the bastard thing, okay? Yeah, I mean It doesn't you know. even exist. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they've thrown a lot of things at him and nothing has ever stuck ever. Mm -hmm. Um you would think, you see because prior uh, to him running for office, there mm -hmm. there was none of that stuff out there. And, the, oh, he's he's had a lot of allegations and mm -hmm. suits, but all billionaires do. You know that, right? They do. Yeah. They do, and that's the point. This girl that accused him, mm. and, uh, you know, you have to remember the dates that she gave them, that mm -hmm. it happened, that she says that it happened. Right. She, it's been proven that she wasn't anywhere mm. in his in his vicinity. He wasn't even there. She wasn't there. It was mm. just completely made up. That's already been proven. That's yep. my hey, thing. Listen, but I'm going to continue. Trump also said mm. that he, uh, you know, was with his family uh, when oh. he used Jeffrey Epstein's. Uh, and that's true. They were on the manifest, by the way. And yes, they were mm. all. And he was with his kids. And also, right. mm -hmm. um, it Jeffrey Epstein Anytime that Trump was on his plane was never on the plane with him. So, and, and again, all of the girls and, and all of these Photoshop pictures out there of Trump with his arms around, uh, those have all been proven to be AI created. Um, if you look at them, the, the arms are six feet long, the fingers, there's six fingers on it. I mean, those are all, um, those are all made up photos that are out there that's been proven too so but what i'm saying is there's a lot of people who are saying well trump was on uh jeffrey epstein's plane too but you know it so i mean we have to be really careful about saying just because somebody was on jeffrey epstein's plane this is my point mm. proves 
that they are some kind of pedophile or something, right? We have to be very careful. But here's the kicker. At the end of that statement, you heard what he said, and he tried to do it in passing, but he says, uh, you know, my wife had I, some kind of relationship it? with Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah. That's huge, and we'll unpack that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can I play it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, while we're doing that, now's your opportunity. Uh, we have upwards of a couple thousand people, I think, on a Rumble channel. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, over at uh, Lindell TV, just whatever buttons are over there, smash those. Right? <laughs> smash right. those buttons. Yeah. No, but um, Plus my but button. Rumble is the number one top uh, uh, platform on planet Earth. By you punching that button, it literally takes our gathering. Shoot, you don't even need me. You know what I would do? My loyalty is to all of you. Mm -hmm. If I'm not doing a good enough job, okay, I'll go get somebody else to replace me because I'm not uh, the one that is in charge of us, mm -hmm. okay? I'm not. Um, you guys are. Are you okay that I stay at the microphone right now? Yeah. Our listening audience, is that okay if I stay at the microphone? It is. You guys like me until you don't, right? Smash that rumble button. Well, and they offered us a ride to Palm Beach. So I went then and then on another occasion, I flew again with my family with, I think, four of my children and, um, and, uh, and Mary, my wife, to Rapid City, South Dakota to go fossil hunting I, uh, for a weekend and uh, but other otherwise I was I was never on his jet alone I you know I've been very open about this from the beginning this was in 93 so it was 30 years ago it was before anybody knew about Jeffrey Epstein's uh, you know his nefarious issues and I agree with you that these all of this information should be released um, and we, we should get real answers on what happened to Jeffrey Epstein and any of the high-level political people that he was uh, involved with. All of that should be open to the public. It should be absolutely transparent. And, you know, I don't see why any of those records would have any redactions in them. Why would we be hiding that from the American public? Okay, let, like, me, let me back it up again. Are you ready? Mary, my wife, too. Rapid City, South Dakota, to go fossil hunting for a weekend, and uh, but other otherwise, I was I was never on his jet alone. I you know I've been very open about this from the beginning. This was in '93, so it was 30 years ago. It was before anybody knew about Jeffrey Epstein. Okay, mm. so let me let so me repeat. Let me oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me repeat talk, what he just said, that? just real quick. Mm -hmm. You know, I was on that plane, but that was before anybody knew that people were being diddled on it. Oh, okay, thanks. Mm -hmm. Now that's comforting. What, what do you mean? I was on the plane, but you know that was well before it was trendy uh, mm -hmm. to bang little girls. Well, that's what Trump says too. Yeah, well before. Uh, okay, he's not credible. He's just not, folks. I don't care if you. R and RFK wingnut. 
he is not a credible person. Well, let's go back and unpack what he said about yeah. his wife. Okay. His wife, Mary, right? Because in, he didn't marry Cheryl Hines until uh, 2014. And I believe they met one another just a little bit earlier than that. But he married her in 2014, Cheryl Hines, right? So they're basically newly married, right? They haven't been married uh, 10 years, right? Coming on 10 years. Now, they say that uh, RFK Jr. got sober in 1983, mm -hmm. 1983 uh, when he got arrested for heroin possession, that he got sober then. And, um, and that, you know, by 1993, of course, 10 years later, when all of this was going on, uh, that he was no longer doing drugs. And, and I say, well, you have, to, you have to understand drug addiction and the person who is the addict to understand that, yeah, somebody can stop using heroin, but he, did he stop using everything else and alcohol and things like that, too? Most, uh, most of them okay. don't. But listen. Guess what? I, I'm, I'm going to try to listen, but we have one minute and people are going to send me hate mail because I'm, I'm well, this cutting is, you off. Well, right? this is like super important, so we'll do it after the break. Yes. Okay. It's so super hold important, that my point here. Please forgive me. And tell everybody it. not to send me hate mail. I got don't it. I'm a clock Nazi. Right? Don't send him hate please, mail. Please don't. Please forgive me, everybody. Uh, guess what? We hit the top leaderboard on the mm -hmm. biggest, highest trafficked, uh, newest platform on planet Earth, Rumble. All done by you yesterday. And that was a breaking news report. CIA greenlighting the Trump assassination. We still have unfinished work in that regard. And I'm going to take care of that on the other side of the break. And Deb Jordan, uh, we're going to come back and finish your thought just because it's I... It's important. Wait till you hear what I have yes. to say. Okay. Important. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Uh, right after this, ladies and gentlemen. I'm excited to I'm excited to announce that we're bringing back our best offer ever on our original My Slippers. You save ninety dollars a pair with your promo code, and now My Slippers come in even more sizes: smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new styles and colors. Get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. What makes My Slippers different is my exclusive four-layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My Slippers patent layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve stress on your feet. I'm so confident that you and everyone you know are going to love my slippers that I'm extending my 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024, making them the best Christmas gifts ever. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save $90. That's only $49.98 a pair. Quantities won't last long, so please Please order now. Are you prepared for life's unexpected twists and turns? Lockdowns, natural disasters, power outages, or any situation that makes it tough to get your hands on a good meal. Time waits for no one, and neither do emergencies. PetePrepStore.com is the ultimate in long-term emergency food preparedness and supplies. You're not just buying food, you're buying peace of mind. Our meals are designed to be nutritious, delicious, and have a 25-year shelf life. 
Yes, you heard that right. 25 years. We source high-quality non-GMO ingredients and use advanced freeze-drying technology to lock in taste and nutrients. Forget last-minute runs to the grocery store. Pete Prep Store is a click away and delivers right to your doorstep. Why risk the well-being of you and your loved ones? With Pete Prep Store, you're always prepared. Make the smart choice today. Visit PetePrepStore.com and place your order today. This isn't just food, it's your lifeline in times of crisis. Don't wait for an emergency to prepare. Be proactive. PetePrepStore.com. Be prepared. Be secure. Be ready. Always. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500 year old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. some of the eight minutes back to me when you're ready but i want to have you finish that thought no i know just we're managing the clock here we got a busy show this morning we do well, um i have I some surprises got, for you yep. i just and and i don't think he'll mind me saying this mm. uh you know obviously roger stone's watching our show this morning good morning roger and roger uh texted me and said uh trump was never on epstein's plane not once trump never visited the island not once and I just, I texted him and said, well, I thought that he admitted to at least once. And and well, I, Roger has made that statement on his uh, Twitter X account mm. publicly. So I don't think that he will mind mm. that, um, you know, he's setting me straight. Y you know what? So Actually, I will talk to Roger about that. But here's the point. Uh -huh. I, I will talk to him and get more in depth because he's, mm. Roger is very serious mm. about uh, his knowledge of the Kennedys, his knowledge of of President Trump and Jeffrey Epstein and all of that. So if I'm mistaken, I apologize, Mr. Stone, and you will let me know um, after the show today, and I will not say another word until and he's, I hear he was, from him. He wasn't on the manifest. Otherwise, that thing would be all over the place. Well, not there's the manifestos the, uh, out there, but I thought uh, I, no, I no, the, uh, this the, could be a case of me thinking that uh, Donald Trump had admitted to being on the plane at, at, at least once with, with his kids or mm. taking a a have hopping a ride to Los make, Angeles. Make sure Roger, right, if Roger, uh, Mr. Roger Stone is still tuned in, mm -hmm. uh, he needs to hear about a very, very serious uh, uh, situation. Uh, uh, finish your thought on, um, okay. on uh, Mr. Uh, R.F. 
you know, Lolita oh, Express, I, K I Jr. I, I was just thing, visiting my grandmother, you know, yeah, well, what did he say? <laughs> I think the thing that we're missing here is this. Uh, and it, for me, um, the, the big thing that he said was, I did not have, his, I did not his, have sex with that uh, woman. Right? <laughs> that his, that his wife would be who, which would be married because he was married to her, yeah. had a relationship with Ghislaine Maxwell. And he just kind of, and he, he said some kind of relationship with mm, Ghislaine Maxwell. Some kind of. Yeah. It was very. Um, mm, nice way to say my wife was a carpet muncher. <laughs> what? Well, I don't know about it. Listen. Well, oh, what listen, else is that me, insinuate? All right. Some kind of friend. It doesn't insinuate that at all. Be, be good. Now, all listen. Right. Um, what it does insinuate, though, is that she was a friend to Ghislaine Maxwell. You have to remember what happened in rfk jr's relationship with his wife first of all mm -hmm. he was one of those guys that was a narcissist right uh, obviously most drug addicts and sex addicts are, are to a certain extent mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. well not even to a certain extent you either are or you aren't and here's why i say that because we all know that she found his book he he kept a book where he wrote down all of his conquests right all of the women that he had had sex with, he wrote it down in his, he kept track of all of the women and he um, was very explicit about the kind of sex that he had with them. Now this came out some time ago, mm. right? And so um, the, the story goes that when she found that, um, he, he had abused her so badly that when she found that she ended up committing suicide. Right. His mm. his wife That's killed sad. herself. Mm. Right. Yeah. So you have to wonder why why a woman, how a woman is driven to suicide by a man who uh, put her through hell, you know, and anybody who's been in a relationship with a narcissist knows, mm. you know, because I was in a relationship with a narcissist knows that they will. I, they you know what? Hey, you. listen, I, I I don't understand the whole you know the the, the narciss, narcissism thing. I know mm -hmm. generally um, you, sh you, you should you look know, into an it, ad hominem attack. But I'm going to ask you this right out mm -hmm. in the open: um, Am I a narcissist? We all are to a certain degree. Oh man, you didn't say no. Mm -hmm. Well, no, we all are. It's a bad a, thing, right? We are. We all. We all are to a certain degree, mm -hmm. but. You know, I mean, everybody is to a certain degree. Pete. Well, I just but know exactly where I am in the food chain. You know what I mean? So is there anything wrong with that? It's a self-awareness thing. Right. <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing, Pete. Here's the thing. I mean, I'm the top dog at the dog pound. You can't, oh pee, you can't pee like a poodle if you want to be <laughs> a top dog at the dog pound. Is that narcissism? Listen, you you are not an abusive person. No. There's a big difference between being mm. uh, having confidence and, in yourself, and and also uh, uh, being uh, insistent on uh, striving for excellence, and and driving and driving someone to suicide. There's a difference. And, and I say to everybody around me, I mean, women even are people capable on our of being narcissists too, my friend. I say this all the time, and mm -hmm. it's not abuse. Okay, I say beatings will continue until morale improves. Well, so getting back. <laughs> That's hilarious. Shut up. <laughs> so getting back to 
uh, uh, this whole thing. It just it for me it raised an eyebrow when he said that he had that his wife. We have two minutes. Who was a very seconds. who was a very very troubled woman mm -hmm. had she's the one. He's pushing it off onto a woman who committed suicide over his sexual escapades. Mm. He's pushing it onto her and saying, you know, she's the one that had the relationship with Ghislaine Maxwell, not him. And and I just thought that was, I, I thought that was eye, eyebrow raising. I mean, you know, you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, here's a woman who, who committed suicide over your sexual abuse of other women and probably her and years of abuse from him and you know and he says she's the one who had the relationship with glenn maxwell i just don't i i don't find that believable i i just don't i don't okay so here's the bottom line uh and uh the only uh person that i know of and i need to bring him back on again Trevor Loudon knows mm -hmm. RFK Jr. Uh, as RFK Jr. knows Anthony Fauci. He should write a book, Trevor Loudon shit. And mm -hmm. he's is well aware of what RFK Jr.'s role was uh, as an attorney operating on behalf of the environmental movement, uh, which is just about a criminal crime syndicate, uh, that he helped master uh, the, uh, the tactic of sue and settle. Mm -hmm. RFK Jr., if he is anti-establishment, anti-deep state, he needs to come out and denounce the work that he did for decades on behalf of the in the eco-terrorists, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, he has to do that. I think I'm going to invite him on and then maybe just give him a preview and say, it's going to be a little bit more adversarial, you know? I, you know, I don't want to blindside the guy, but I think it's an important conversation to have with him. He cannot be even considered for president without addressing that issue, especially for those conservatives that are uh, just about as dumb as DeSantis supporters. Mm -hmm. You know? Is that disparaging towards uh, RFK people? Do you think they're going to be insulted if I call them DeSantis style dumbed down supporters? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Coffee. I get products all the time from entrepreneurs for my new platform, MyStore.com. And when I tried my coffee for the first time, I was blown away. It is the best coffee I've ever had in my life. I spent the last four months doing my due diligence, and this family-owned business micromanages every step from the fields to the cup to ensure the best quality coffee you're ever gonna have. It starts with the beans that are grown in Honduras. Honduras's volcanic soil and humid climate make the perfect growing conditions for coffee plants, which produce the best beans ever. Then each batch is tested for its aroma, taste, and other aspects to meet the highest standards in the coffee industry. And after that, it goes into production, which is all done right here in the USA.
It's like you're getting that small batch specialty coffee, but delivered right to your front door. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code and you'll get your very own my coffee for 25% off. You guys all know that I've traveled the country for the past year and a half. I've stayed in hundreds of hotels. I've tried every coffee out there. Well, some of the coffees have that terrible aftertaste, some that leave me jittery, or I get an upset stomach. Well, my coffee is different. It's the richest, smoothest, best coffee I've ever had. My coffee comes in a variety of flavors. You get them ground or whole bean, plus it's certified organic and non-GMO. I guarantee it'll be the best coffee you've ever had. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get my coffee for 25% off. And I'm going to give you deep discounts on all my store products. That's mystore.com. It's my new platform for USA entrepreneurs. Please order now. Cardio Miracle is the finest and most comprehensive nitric oxide and vitamin D supplement in the world. Made from the highest quality ingredients, Cardio Miracle is driven and backed by science and committed to your health and well-being. Get your 60-day, no-risk, money-back guarantee now at CardioMiracle.com. Banks are supposed to be the safest placeholders for cash in the world, but in 2022, that changed. The Federal Reserve pulled out $2.5 trillion of liquidity out of the banks, and the Fed also changed the requirements so banks don't need to keep any funds on hand. This means banks are starved for liquidity and have now become very dangerous places to hold your assets. Get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. at 720-605-3900. Be sure to... Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Coffee. I get products all the time from entrepreneurs for my new platform, mystore.com. And when I tried my coffee for the first time, I was blown away. It is the best coffee I've ever had in my life. I spent the last four months doing my due diligence. All right, Deb Jordan, uh, and our two-minute window as we come over the top on Lindell TV, uh, they break away, and of course, they better be uh, playing promo code Pete like crazy. Uh, <laughs> if anybody suggests you do otherwise, uh, when you make your purchases, uh, our family uh, will be receiving my pillow products. I want everyone to know that in advance. Um, and we do it with love, first and foremost. Uh, we love their products. We love my pillow products. We love getting even our liberal uh, family members, uh, you know, bath sheets and and pillows, and hearing them rave uh, about Uncle Mike. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, yeah. They, oh, he's crossed uh, so many boundaries with those. What do we got? Is that thunder? No. Huh? I don't know what that is. Are we being SWAT team? You hear that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You want me to go check to see what it is? No. Okay. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. I'll take a look at it on the cameras. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, uh, I've got radios up, uh, the guys up in the turrets. Mm hmm. <laughs> so we'll, everybody's, we'll everybody's on the, on the edge these days, right? Yeah. I have a reverse clacker though. So don't mm -hmm. worry about it. Did you hear about that guy, by the way? Uh, the FBI ran into his house and he blew it up. Huh? 
Uh, now, this is after the fact. I don't suggest that anybody do that, but that. What's going on with that? <laughs> really? Yeah. Huh? I don't know. Interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Here we come. Yeah, here we go. Do me a favor. I'm going to run out there and uh, shoot people if they're doing the wrong thing. Stand by. <laughs> Talk to everybody. I'll he be right is not back. going to be shooting anybody. Uh, All right, you guys. So um, that's our... Uh, we just found it interesting, right? So... Um, we want to welcome everybody back on to Lindell TV. It's good. It's good to see all the people in our threads this morning, uh, for sure. So um, we've. I just found it really interesting. In the whole the whole conversation. It was really when Jesse Waters asked him that. It was very uncomfortable, and uh, and I also was like, wow. I mean, I wonder what's going to be coming out of here in the next few days or the next week or so about RFK Jr. and Jeffrey Epstein. Because it's, to me, it kind of felt like they were hedging their, um, you know, information or a story that was getting ready to come out. You know what I mean? It kind of felt like that a little bit. Maybe, you know, Fox News has a little something or somebody's got something that they're going to throw out there. And he was, you know, trying his best to get ahead of it. And, you know, just that thing that he said about his wife, uh, you know, just kind of made me go, wow, that's like, that's a huge admission. What is that, Pete? What is that? Okay. And so, yeah, we, we've got some stuff going on outside that's very loud and bangy and really weird for this time in the morning. So, um, and Pete's checking on that. So, um, you know, you take it for what it is. We'll wait and we'll see in the next few days or the next couple of weeks if there's more to the story. And that was our point. Is there more to this story than meets the eye? And, you know, but they were talking about, uh, and he, it, one of his saving graces in it, if you go on and listen to what he said, was that, yeah, he believes that all of those things, um, the, the stuff about Jeffrey Epstein should be an open book and the public should be allowed to see the manifestos. They should be allowed to see, um, you know what I'm going to do? Of, they should be allowed to see all of the information um, that was gathered about that. By the way, just very quickly, book. Um, yeah. next door. Mm hmm building next door yeah they're removing the um ceramic roofing tiles oh okay and throwing it into an empty dumpster uh-huh and it sounds like explosions <laughs> i know okay i know right mm -hmm. yeah it, it's pretty so, loud but there yeah. you go now we've we've found out what the the mystery is yes what's going on outside mm -hmm. and that's good all thing. right um so Deb Jordan. Yeah. Here we go. You ready? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm doing right now, right? What are you doing right now? 
getting ready, set, go. Here we are. Stand by. What are you doing? <laughs> Quiet. Quiet on the set. Morning, Secret Service. Hi, Secret Service. How are you? This is the Cincinnati field office. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Okay, good. Uh, I'm a Cincinnatian, and I guess it's most appropriate. Rather, I, I think uh, I've called once before into D.C., but they say call your local field office. Um, uh, all right, this is why I'm calling this very serious. Um, uh, a gentleman uh, named, well, gentleman, we won't call him a gentleman, his name is Robert Kagan. Uh, he's a senior fellow with the Brookings Institute, and he has penned an op-ed in the Washington Post, uh, which essentially threatens the president, the 45th president of the United States. Okay, um, can you hold on one second? I'm going to get you a duty agent. Please. So you don't say your story twice. Can you hold on? Thank you very much. Yep. I, I'm, I said yesterday I was very concerned about this, uh -huh. um, and and I said I said that there was unfinished business. Um, I, I haven't heard of his arrest. If I did such a thing and I published an article threatening uh, the life of any president, uh, don't you think I'd be on the in the news, right? Uh -huh. Pete Santelli, white guy, you know. <laughs> Right? Italian white guy. Yep, Italian white guy. By the way, when I hit the mute button, when they ask me for the particulars. Right wing, oh, I'm sorry. When I right hit the mute. Right wing extremists, don't mm -hmm. forget that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. And most likely, um, they're not going to know all of the details, as they should. Um, mm -hmm. Like, we're going to have to get, you know, the Secret Service through the process of Googling, you know, right? Uh -huh. And to know who Robert Kagan is. Right. Uh, he's not just a political adversary. He's somebody that can mm, overthrow countries, you know, uh, by his uh, the proxy, you know, his uh -huh. fat-footed wife. Right. Right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. All right. But I'm filing a formal complaint. Yeah. I, I so, am. Mm -hmm. for those people who weren't uh, tuned in yesterday when we talked about this, Mm-hmm. This person, who was this again? It was um, Robert Kagan. No, who wrote the op-ed? Robert Kagan. Did he? Oh, it was him. That's Robert right. Kagan. Good grief! Penned the yes. op-ed. Yeah. Robert Kagan. Oh yeah. Said that you know it, it. It was time for a Caesar moment. Like mm -hmm. he Trump need to be Caesared. So when. They ran this op-ed in the Atlantic, right? Which is like an extreme leftist rag. They put a picture. I don't know if you have that handy, Pete, but the photo that they used. Yeah, service, this is Austin. Hi, hi, I'm sorry. What is your name, sir? Austin. Hey, Austin, how are you? This is going to seem, you know, kind of strange that somebody calls and reports uh, you know, on a news event, but it's it's worthy of your consideration here. I don't assume anything. All right, what do you got? Um, there was an article published in the Washington Post uh, by a gentleman named Robert Kagan. Okay, now, you may already be aware of this, or you know, somebody in the Secret Service, I'm sure, is aware of it. But I need to add supplemental information about the seriousness of Robert Kagan 
threatening the 45th president of the United States. Um, okay, what was his name? His name was Robert what? Robert Kagan um, is his name. He's an editor editor for the Washington Post, but it goes further than that. Robert Kagan, uh, and, and, and you're going to, you know, with all due respect to you, I'm going to say you're going to have to Google his name and you're going to have to verify what I'm about to tell you. Number one, he's the husband of Victoria Newland, who, who I have audio. Excuse me? Victoria Newland uh, is the former um, uh, assistant secretary of state that was in charge of overthrowing the country of the Ukraine in 2013 and 2014 and installing the Nazi Svoboda party in the right sector in Ukraine. Yeah. So Robert Kagan is, uh, is her husband. All right. A B Robert Kagan is also a member of the Brookings. He's a senior fellow for the Brookings institution, which is partly funded by Huawei. Uh, I think six, $600 million infiltrated by the CCP um, uh, proxy. So that's concerning. Um, yeah. Yes. And, and also Robert Kagan has publicly prior to nine 11 said that America needed a, a, you know, a Pearl Harbor styled event to effectively bring in the Patriot Act. And it happened shortly thereafter. So this guy is a very influential B very dangerous. Okay. And has been associated with making, making public commentary and then shortly thereafter, events take place like 9-11. Robert Kagan now, uh, setting all that aside, this is why I'm concerned, he penned an op-ed and, and they put a picture of Caesar. He said that President Donald J. Trump needs to receive the Julius Caesar treatment. And there are inferences here and coding, uh, especially because he packages it with making sure that President Trump does not return to office. Uh, that right there I consider to be a threat. I don't want to assume that anybody's called in. I have all the information on Kagan, including his affiliations with people that were caught by the DOJ running ballot harvesting operations in 2020. His name is uh, Norm Eisen. Okay. By the way, I have evidence of all of this, and I would never misrepresent the truth to a federal agent in an upstanding agency like yours. So I understand exactly what I'm saying, okay? You said, uh, when was this article posted? Uh, it was posted November 30th of 2023 at 8 a.m. Eastern, and it's titled, um, Opinion, a Trump dictatorship is increasingly inevitable. We should stop pretending. All right. Well, I appreciate. Uh, who am I speaking with right now? You never said your name. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, my name is is uh, Pete Santelli. I'm an investigative journalist uh, with a lot of, by, by the way, uh, investigative experience in uh, having participated in winning two federal trials. By the way, um, okay. As a non it's it's S's and Sam. A N T I L L I. All right, cool. And uh, what's your phone number in case uh, I need to call you back? Yeah, it is. Um, hold on, just one second, okay? Hold on, just one second. It's five. The best number to uh, reach me is um, five one three.
right. Well, I appreciate it, Pete. Uh, was there anything else other than the article? You know, I mean, I, I, I could go further, but you have more uh, important work to do. I didn't want to assume anybody else was calling in. You need to look at this and investigate because, it, well, let's put it this way. If I wrote the same exact article, you'd be knocking at my door, and that's why I'm calling. Oh, I appreciate it, Pete. Thanks, okay. for, thanks okay. for reporting it. Okay, sir. No problem. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Right. Bye-bye. Wow. <clears throat> he actually that's listened that. to you. Hmm? He actually listened to you. Yeah, I mean, but I presented a uh, a serious angle on it, and I said, no disrespect to you, but I'm going to teach you how to Google, okay, who mm -hmm. this guy is. Because he said, I don't know who Robert Kagan is. Well, he, that's, well, a, that's now, a problem. I think he's going to take that seriously. Hmm? That well, article was shocking. Yeah. It, w it really it was. But yeah. as we said yesterday, this mm -hmm. kind of rhetoric calling mm -hmm. for the assassination of... Um, a former president, and even while he was president, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> none of these things have ever been taken seriously, right? No, uh, this is a this is a very very serious veiled threat. Mm -hmm. Very serious. Right? Yeah. Now, now, if it was done by Pete Santelli, right? Sure. Like, I, I don't. I, I really, if you consider it, I don't have the means. You know, to do it, they would immediately say, "Oh, we need to check your mental health." You know, uh -huh. like you got to be crazy, right? Right. Uh, but no, Robert Kagan and Norm Eisen—they're connected. The Brookings Institute, right? Uh -huh. Norm Eisen is documented to have been in the chat threads running ballot harvesting operations in advance of 2020. He uh -huh. also penned the Transition Integrity Project as well as the CIA's manual on peaceful, nonviolent overthrow of communist dictatorships around the world. Mm -hmm. He wrote the book on color revolutions and using technology to perpetrate it. That Norm Eisen, who also wrote in the modification to uh, the House procedures under Nancy Pelosi mm -hmm. to allow him to act as a staffer of Congress and run the impeachment hearings uh, uh, regarding Ukraine, the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. Um, he is a sworn communist, period. All right? Mm -hmm. um, he is a person who was involved in the overthrow of the United States of America. Connected to who? Robert Kagan. All right? Yeah, he's an interesting character. Yeah. That guy. So, so my, my, my formal complaint to the U.S. Secret Service was legitimate. Did you hear what I said? I was very explicit. I would never misre misrepresent mm -hmm. anything to a federal officer. Well, I right? mean, yeah, and how can you misrepresent it when it is, he wrote it himself, and they actually, The Atlantic actually published that. No, and, uh, Washington Post, The Atlantic. Oh, was, oh sorry, yeah. The Washington Post. That's right. It was The Washington Post. Um, the Atlantic had something out, too, with somebody who basically is doing the same thing, accusing Trump of all kinds of craziness. Yeah. But, okay. Um, uh, all right. So what? Go ahead. When you, when you look at the article, mm. it, the photo is what got me. The top half of, of Trump's head mm. is the statue of Caesar. They, it was actually that bold. They There's, went that bold. And the bottom half, of course, is the bottom half of Trump's face. 
Mm. And they superimposed that. Yeah. And literally put that photo out there Mm -hmm. to go with that article. Yes. So there's no denying the implication Uh, of what Kagan was saying. He was saying, you have to, you know, we have to Caesar him. And everybody, everybody who knows history knows that Caesar's best friend stabbed him in the Mm. back. Mm -hmm. In the back. Now, could his reference be to Pence getting ready to take the stand, uh, they're saying? Uh, against Trump, stabbing Trump in the back. You know, could it be a euphemism? Maybe. Mm-mm-mm. But yep. all right, I now, don't know. Uh, okay, now I'm going to need your help here in the remaining 3.23 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that you and I for many years were an advocate for the collagen product, which our listening audience loved. You know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, when we stopped it and YouTube, you know, cut us off and that's what actually cut the cord on that. Mm-hmm. Um, our listeners, our viewers were upset. We had a base of customers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, since then, uh, I have learned a lot, a lot more about the benefits of collagen, um, and who the true experts are in the industry. Okay. Mm-hmm. The chief scientific officer for the company that we've now formed a relationship with, okay, is is literally the biggest disruptor. Comes in a variety okay, of flavors. Of you get the collagen the industry. Bean, plus it's- um, ever uh, in a multi-billion-dollar industry, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We've now formed a partnership, and you're going to be hearing more about it. You're going to hear, as a matter of fact, the mods will drop the links uh, in our chat rooms. Uh, our moderators will. Uh, uh, Deb, I want you to say the beginning of the link. You ready? Uh, I want to focus on this. You ready? Yeah. Pete, Pete Bella. Pete Bella. Pete Bella. Pete Bella. All right. Pete Bella. Dot Bella Grace Global. Dot com. That's Pete Bella. Dot Bella Grace Global. Dot com. What hmm. is uh, Bella Grace? Beautiful Grace. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Bella Grace. Here, here's uh, why Brandon house introduced me, uh, to a, a great product, the formulation, the amount, and it's going to take a while to get everybody educated on just how powerful and why we're, we're partnering, uh, with Bella Grace. All right. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen, uh, Brandon house's wife? Yes. She's beautiful. Like you. She is. Right. She's very beautiful. She's not a Hiawatha like you, but she's beautiful. <laughs> what? What does that mean? Is that derogatory? No, no. Hmm? No. Hiawatha? No. Hiya, 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 hiya. What? Just call me Watha. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah. Deb Jordan has beautiful skin. I try. For a 90-year-old. Yeah. For being 90. Yeah. No, I try to take this, care of this is, skin. This yeah. is A, the perfect fit for us. Uh, it's a product that we so desperately enjoyed uh, providing to our viewership. And this is what Brandon said. Unbelievable. Unbelievable testimonials and results exploding. This is a multi-billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. Um, he began offering it to his viewership. And the response has been overwhelming. Yeah, it's flying off the shelves from what yeah, I understand. Yeah, Bella Grace Elixir, okay? Bella Grace Elixir. 
going way above and beyond. It is the greatest health and wellness product of all time because of those three powerful ingredients that you will be hearing more about here. And, uh, and everybody be happy because of our partnership. You guys should be happy too because I'm going to also share with you as we go um, that you'll be able to actually enjoy in the success of Bella Grace. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Coffee. I get products all the time from entrepreneurs for my new platform, MyStore.com. And when I tried my coffee for the first time, I was blown away. It is the best coffee I've ever had in my life. I spent the last four months doing my due diligence and this family-owned business micromanages every step from the fields to the cup to ensure the best quality coffee you're ever going to have. It starts with the beans that are grown in Honduras. Honduras's volcanic soil and humid climate make the perfect growing conditions for coffee plants, which produce the best beans ever. Then each batch is tested for its aroma, taste, and other aspects to meet the highest standards in the coffee industry. And after that, it goes into production, which is all done right here in the USA. It's like you're getting that small batch specialty coffee, but delivered right to your front door. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code and you'll get your very own oh, Marcy coffee P, you're for so nice. 25% off. I just caught you guys Marcy don't know saying that really I've nice things the about country us. For the past year and a half, I've stayed in hundreds of hotels. I've tried every coffee out there. Well, some of the coffees have that terrible aftertaste some that leave me jittery or I get an upset stomach. Well, my coffee is different. It's the richest, smoothest, best coffee I've ever had. My coffee comes in a variety of flavors. You get them ground or whole bean, plus it's certified organic and non-GMO. I guarantee it'll be the best coffee you've ever had. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get my coffee for 25% off. And I'm going to give you deep discounts on all my store products. That's mystore.com. It's my new platform for USA entrepreneurs. Please order now. Cardio Miracle is the finest and most comprehensive nitric oxide and vitamin D supplement in the world. Made from the highest quality ingredients, Cardio Miracle is driven and backed by science and committed to your health and well-being. Get your 60-day, no-risk, money-back guarantee now at CardioMiracle.com. Banks are supposed to be the safest placeholders for cash in the world, but in 2022, that changed. The Federal Reserve pulled out $2.5 trillion of liquidity out of the banks, and the Fed also changed the requirements so banks don't need to keep any funds on hand. This means banks are starved for liquidity and have now become very dangerous places to hold your assets. Get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. at 720-605-3900. Be sure to... Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Coffee. I get products all the time for much... And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, as we uh, turn the corner here in the final 30 minutes on Lindell TV, right, we'll continue on into the third hour, and... We don't stop there. Uh, we broadcast very proudly on what I consider to be 
the most powerful, God-centered, and boy, wait till you hear who's interested and is looking at us. And it, and they're going to be joining us, hopefully. That's not, you know, that's above my pay grade. But the greatest group of independent media, God-centered souls on LFA TV, led by... Um, the Hip Hop Patriot, Jeremy Harrell mm -hmm. on LFA TV. Great hour. Um, and we're also going to be expanding that. We're going to be doing a one-hour LFA segment featured on the front page of Rumble, okay, uh, for LFA doing a morning show. Morning news right out of the gates. It's going to be power-packed. That one-hour segment is power-packed. Um, and we're going to do the same thing with the morning headlines right out of the gate. No morning news headline top five articles boom this is what's going on we're front running here's what's happening uh coffee time in the morning with pete santilli financial news update uh as well as a regular news update on lfa tv the santilli report right now at 4 p.m 4 p.m eastern time join us on lfa tv um especially uh get into our locals uh chat room uh, we began yesterday. I started at three o'clock. Was anybody in there, uh, by the way, that, that's in our locals uh, chat room? Were you guys in there to see the Mark Morano interview that's now been published widely? Mm. Uh, we played the whole thing prior to LFA. Ex excellent, excellent interview. Yeah, I'm going to play another it, interview. We're going to get to another one here that's important mm -hmm. uh, that I'm about to get to it. But uh, the way you do that, go to PeteSantelli.locals.com. Um, and until further notice, use promo code TRUMP, okay? I say until further notice. I'm going to take it all the way to the end of the year, all right? Use promo code TRUMP. You will receive a free month. You have zero risk. Come kick the tires. Be with us. Let's build our community over there. You get backstage access. You get to listen in on the interviews. You get to yeah. see the first run of interviews uh, exclusively for our backstage people on locals only. Uh, and you can do that at PeteSantilli.locals.com uh, forward slash support. Use promo code Trump. Yes. And you're not even supporting us. It's all free. Uh, <laughs> Melissa Noe says that she watched it and it was excellent. That was that was a, a report from Mark Moreno, who's going to be reporting to us when Prince Ubaba uh, Mau Mau says something stupid about killing everybody for the sake of the planet. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. He's going to come back on and do reports uh, from uh, from Dubai. And he, he literally had the cityscape right behind him yeah. uh, for that late evening awesome. report. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It was yeah. great. All right. Mm -hmm. um, so let me let me do something else here. You ready? Mm -hmm. This is a huge, huge newsworthy announcement that I'm about to make right here. As of last night. I've connected to a great group of patriots, God-centered, first and foremost. They're godly warriors. They're mm -hmm. constitutionalists, okay? Constitutionalists. Uh, because of Ann Vanderstail and my... We love Ann Vanderstail. We do, and we have for years. We, we trust her journalism. She, I'll tell you what, she's got more mental uh, than the majority of the men that we've hung around in mm -hmm. the quote-unquote patriot community. And I mean, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, in in the testosterone uh, uh, category, she'll go down to the border. Yeah, because there's problems at the border. Yeah, she's a great investigative journalist. She's fearless. Fearless. She's been down to South America. Mm -hmm. uh, she's traveling around the world now with uh, Michael Yon. Michael Yon said the other day, amazing that, reports coming out of that. Yeah, too. And Michael Yon said that he has turned down uh, former special forces applicants that want to go down to the Daring Gap. He's turned them down. Mm -hmm. And I said, would you choose Ann Vandersteel over that one guy that you turned down? He said, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And he has. He's yeah. brought her down there. Now, she's been operating um, in, in parallel lines to try to do whatever we can to, to save our constitutional republic. Mm -hmm. and, and to do so uh, immediately and forcefully. And I say forcefully. In the following fashion, if you are a federal agent, okay, and you're listening to me right now, um, get out of my face. We don't need you. This is what we're going to do. We, the people, all right, are going to launch the great we set, okay? The we set. Yeah, the great we, we set. Yeah. We are. Tactical civics is what Ann Vandersteel for many months now has been kind of, you know, you know, I did the constitutional committees thing. Mm -hmm. Take the constitutional committees, yeah. sprinkle a little bit of water on it, put some steroids on it, and boom, Superman. Constitutionalcommittees.org was the, 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 you know, the presentation that I was doing to try to get everybody energized to take our, our system back one county at a time. Well, mm -hmm. guess what? Tactical civics has all of the published materials. They're actually doing seminars in local communities. They've already gotten into 1,200 counties and we're not gonna stop. We're not going to stop. We are gonna take our Republic back. We're gonna get with the sheriffs and I'm gonna say it right up front. And guess what? Uh, I, you know what I love about tactical civics? They're not afraid to say militia, okay? Uh -huh. Our, one of our greatest strengths is our well-regulated militia, our founding, and what our founders expected. Mm -hmm. These men that have gotten together, patriots, mm -hmm. sacrificed everything yeah. to form tactical civics, uh, are bold to say they're not anti-government. No. They're not anti-law enforcement. They're actually pro We are pro-U.S. Constitution, pro-constitutional sheriff, yeah. pro-militia, uh, 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 mm -hmm. Every able-bodied citizen, 18 to 45 years of age, pro all the things that we need to do to take back our our um, our republic, and it's happening right now, right now. We're not mm -hmm. wasting time. I'm literally, uh, you know, I said I'm going to go down to the American Legion, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to, and, and I was like, I felt like I was fighting on my own. Now we're connected to thousands right now. Uh, tactical civics in the past couple of months. Scott McKay is on board. Mm -hmm. Great guy. We know him personally. Yeah. Um, Scott McKay mm -hmm. uh, and Vandersteel uh, and all the great folks at Tactical Civics. Now with thousands of people that are on board. All right. Now I'm going to introduce you uh, to the concept uh, in the following fashion. I want you to watch this and stand by because when I had a conversation with somebody yesterday, that we have booked for tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Mm -hmm. from Tactical Civics. Uh, Bill Ogden, what did I say 
as soon as I hung up the phone. You said, oh, man, I love this guy. Didn't I? Yeah. Didn't I say that? You did. I, I love... Uh, I love my fellow patriots. I love my fellow Americans. I love mm -hmm. uh, people like like uh, Bill Ogden. He's coming on tomorrow at 10 a.m. And I would say every two days at least we are going to. Remember that? I think of Sherry Lee Laird. Uh, at least. Remember? <laughs> That's funny. At least. At least. Okay. Yeah. So uh, here's a basic uh, uh, introduction uh, to the concept. Here it is. 11. But everybody knows that election 2020 and our Wait, let me rewind it. I'm so sorry, you guys. I had it on mute. It's the most brazen crime since 9-11. But everybody knows that election 2020 and our entire republic was hijacked by enemies of the Constitution. And don't think for one second that we the people will sit by as communists and organized crime transmogrify America into a cheap imitation of Europe. In fact, we're living in the best time in 230 years of American history. And in this short video, you'll discover why. Yes, I know millions of Americans are heartbroken. They complain that America's finished. They say that the Constitution is dead. But the Bible tells us to resist evil and it'll flee from you. It instructs us to glorify God and to do works fit for repentance. So that's what we're doing. After 44 volunteers dedicated more than 60,000 hours to dig out the real problem plaguing America, we developed a full spectrum solution, a responsible new way of life called tactical civics. With over 150 chapters begun so far, our chapter founders are truck drivers and PhDs, homemakers and house painters, grandmothers and young parents, farmers, plumbers, professionals, software programmers, machinists, and homeschooling moms. Our mission is to get just half of 1% of America, just a repentant, responsible remnant, to end the hijacking of America by big cities and organized crime. Our work plan comes right out of the U.S. Constitution. And until Lincoln's war, we the people were doing this law enforcement. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's start with basic civics. In our constitutional system, civics just means who's boss. And we the people answer that question in the opening words of the Constitution. We, the people, do ordain. And then in the Tenth Amendment, we stipulate that we retain all powers that we didn't give our servants in the Constitution. Our Constitution is the greatest human law in history. Yes, law. It's not just a revered document. It's the highest law in our land. And we, the people, are the only human authority over it. All of our servants in government are under it because by that law, we the people created their offices and limiting them to do just 17 services for all of the states. Every other power or function that you can imagine beyond those 17 functions, all of the thousands of agencies, bureaus, offices, and departments that Washington DC has created and is doing every day, 
they're all illegal. No matter how much we approve or benefit from them or how long they've been doing these things. Constitutionally, every federal power not authorized by us in the US Constitution is DC organized crime. And we the people authorize only ourselves to enforce the Constitution. Yet, believe it or not, we never have, not once. No other organization in America today has detailed, long-term county, state, and federal action projects and a network of chapters from coast to coast to put the authority back where it belongs, in the hands of we the people. Even before the stolen 2020 election by the deep state, big tech, and communist China, we've seen that electoral politics has never hampered DC and state palace criminals. First, we the people start planting our county chapters from coast to coast, and we train our members in basic civics and tactical planning, how to live as a responsible overseer of our public servants, how to hold your meetings, how to use our Tactical Civics Training Center. Next, we give you everything you need for your county chapter to restore your county grand jury, which is the people's sword and shield against corrupt government and private sector crime in your county. This institution, which is required by the Constitution, began back in England in the year 997 AD. The late Justice Scalia explained in a case called U.S. versus Williams in 1992 that grand jury is not part of the court, but independent of the judge and the prosecutor. It can subpoena witnesses, issue warrants for evidence, and investigate anything suspicious in your county. Grand jury is the only way to stop corrupt public servants including corrupt sheriffs, district attorneys, judges, legislators, and election boards and workers. The first local action project of Tactical Civics Chapters is, we help you to get a county grand jury ordinance passed and a grand jury webpage added to and maintained on your county government's website, just like over 20 counties in California already do today just urging citizens to volunteer for grand jury service and offering links to our Grand Jury Awake program to train and brief grand jury members. When county government has corrupt actors in law enforcement, they tie the hands of the grand jury. This is where the Founding Fathers' other law enforcement institution comes into play. The militia began in England in 1014 AD. Like the grand jury, it's the people's law enforcement tool ordained by God to, quote, bear the sword, unquote, as explained in Romans 13. In the Declaration of Independence, we told the world that when any level of government fails to do its job, that duty reverts right back to the people. Since Lincoln's troops marched on our streets, Washington, D.C. became our master, and all 50 states have failed to obey the people's stipulated duties in the Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, for, quote, militia 
to execute the laws of the Union, suppress insurrections, and repel invasions." Unquote. Our parents and grandparents didn't know this basic civics. Since Lincoln's hijacking, Washington, D.C. has been increasingly captured by globalist corporations, billionaires, and an army of several million bureaucrats. The Clinton, Bush, and Obama families' overthrow of our Constitution includes demonizing the militia because communists and fascists need the American people to be disarmed and ignorant. Then organized crime can flourish. The first local action of new militia units in your county will be to help that militia group get a county militia ordinance passed. And the Tactical Civics Chapter will help launch and maintain a county militia webpage added to your county government's website to match the one for county grand jury. With state palaces pulling off the same lawless fascist subterfuge as Washington, D.C., we the people now turn to our own county governments as our defensive phalanx to restore our oversight and enforcement that we demand in the U.S. Constitution. It's the law. Grand jury and true lawful militia are not optional. Tactical Civics is the action mission and national brand of America Again Trust, a private Christian member organization with an online training center that teaches Americans how to stop organized crime by sociopaths, communists, perverts, atheists, vandals, and politicians who have been openly, arrogantly violating our highest law for generations. Their side is the deep state, communist China, big tech, big war, big banking, big oil, big pharma, and corporations who keep legislators as pets, plus mainstream media, Hollywood, illegal aliens, jihadis, and others. Our side is 50 million families and more on farms, ranches, and in homesteads and shops across the productive normal heartland. It's America's 31,000 small towns. All right, I'm gonna tell you uh, mm -hmm. what we're gonna do. It's not gonna be small. We're going, we're doing this. Uh, our nation is, you know, being destroyed by other people, not us. Um, you know, what, what happens when your family member uh, starts driving around town drunk and dinging up the car? You pull them out of the seat, throw them out on the freaking pavement and go get the car fixed. We have insurance. It's called uh, the U.S. Constitution, okay? That's it. We have a pretty awesome policy full coverage folks and we'll be talking about it all on the other side of
I'm excited to announce that we're bringing back our best offer ever on our original My Slippers. You save $90 a pair with your promo code. And now My Slippers come in even more sizes smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new styles and colors. Get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. What makes My Slippers different is my exclusive four layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My Slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve stress on your feet. I'm so confident that you and everyone you know are going to love My Slippers that I'm extending my 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024, making them the best Christmas gifts ever. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save $90. That's only $49.98 a pair. Quantities won't last long so please order now hi i'm ron paul i know what you're thinking another gold commercial but don't put the tv on mute you owe it to yourself to listen stock markets may be high right now but they'll eventually fall and when they do your retirement savings will fall along with them call the experts at gold co today to learn more about how easy it is to invest in gold with a gold ira Call 855-614-1681 or visit goldco.com forward slash Pete. Cardio Miracle is the finest and most comprehensive nitric oxide and vitamin D supplement in the world. Made from the highest quality ingredients, Cardio Miracle is driven and backed by science and committed to your health and well-being. Get your 60-day, no-risk, money-back guarantee now at CardioMiracle.com. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Yes, tonight, uh, tune, in, tune in, by the way, uh, you get backstage access. We've got a new method of, um, we've got uh, our new, uh, you know, board operator, uh, Sean. Great job. And mm-hmm. by the way, I, I don't want to <laughs> talk about specifics. He knows Kung Fu. Just keep it that way. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, um, uh, Sean, uh, uh, trained, ready to go. Yep. You're supporting that. Uh, Nathan, uh, one of the one of the best uh, producers, um, all the videos, uploads, all that stuff. That's Nathan. He's behind his tech guy. Awesome, great team member. Yeah, he's our great. team. Um, we do the interviews. 
if you're in our locals, uh, you get to have backstage access. You get to be in the chat at eight hours, 16 hours a day. We can leave that chat open. Go to pizzantilly.locals.com forward slash support for free. Use promo code Trump. Why did I use Trump? Because not everybody knows how to spell retribution. And retribution is coming. We're going to talk about that. Uh, and it's not just going to come from Trump. Trump's strength this time around is going to come from we the people. Mm. We're going to shore up. He's going to have 3,300 solid counties. And we're going to identify every single sheriff that opposes us. I am going to build a list of every single constitutional sheriff that will be up for removal in the next election. You're, uh, let's, let's tell all the sheriffs right now. I'm going to bring Sheriff Mack on. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to let him articulate something that sounds less threatening than what I'm going to say. All right. Um, you're either on the team or you're gone. Right. You're gone in the next election. Um, you're gone. You're going to be constitutional. Um, you, you, all you sheriffs need to stop letting the federal agents come into your jurisdiction and kidnapping the people you were elected to protect. Okay. Uh, now, this morning I listened to an MSNBC. Oh, my God. Has anybody gone to MSNBC? Please don't. Let me do that. Um, you, you cannot try that at home. All right. <laughs> That's funny. We'll do. We watch CNN and MSNBC. Oh, so, so you, you don't. don't you don't have to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they are literally weaponizing our political. But anybody that's stupid enough to be tuned into MSNBC and listening to that, believing it, mm -hmm. um, literally needs to be rounded up and put in a FEMA camp. Okay. Because you you are rendered a danger to society. You know. Mm. It's kind of like you're. You know, your grandpa that got senile and started, I'm using car analogies here. You know, I remember, remember Ramon Gutierrez, you know, my, uh, my grandfather-in-law, you know, he was, mm -hmm. he was a grandfather, he was a great guy, a good friend of mine, Ramon Gutierrez. Yes. Uh, I love nine, the 90 years old, I'd go over to his house that he bought in 1920, right? Mm -hmm. He's got avocado trees back there. He's like a horticulturalist. He, he. Uh, uh, managed in Rancho Cucamonga all the major uh, orchards on behalf of the elite. You know, mm -hmm. he, he got hired on by, you know, uh, uh, professional baseball uh, uh, team members. Managed their orchards. And loved every minute. Loved every minute. I understand. He's 90. He was 90 years old. Mm -hmm. um, I would go over to his house, you know, go check on him. I mean, he's 90, right? So you got to go say hello to him. His lovely, he used to call his uh, his wife his bride when she passed away. Mm -hmm. uh, but guess what he'd be doing? He'd be on a ladder climbing <laughs> up an avocado tree. I'm right. like, Grandpa, what are you doing? Oh, my. Well, what, you know what he ended up doing? He, he got not senile, but a little bit slower in his old age and be driving down the street with a multi-thousand pound vehicle. Uh, and he should not have been driving. I said, yeah. Grandpa, that's it. You're done. No more. You call me, I'll come pick you up. Right. Um, so, so when they have lost their facilities to be able to proceed safely uh, through mm -hmm. society, 
you, you, you have to remove them from society. And, and that is not just the, not the Democrats. I'm talking about the people that are being subjected to the CIA mind control thing that's going on in MSNBC. Mm. Uh, they, they are just around the clock um, uh, conditioning everybody that President Trump is a threat to, they say, their democracy. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to say this. They're, they're, they're saying that they have to protect every institution. And guess what I say? We need to destroy your institutions, obliterate them in the mm -hmm. following fashion. You ready? Mm -hmm. um, if you can prove to me, oh, you ready? You want, you want to go for starters? Yeah. Prove to me where in our law we sent them to D.C. and said run our Department of Education. Where does it say that? We have departments of education in our communities. Okay. Yes. I, yes. I'm, I, we're, we're done with you communists running around with a big bag of cash saying, oh, well, we'll buy you a new air conditioning system if you go along with this freaking curriculum. Really? That's mafia style. Okay. How about this? Give us the money and evacuate your office. You're done. All right. You're going to be on YouTube getting an anal cleanse with Pete Budigoop. <laughs> what? Budigoop? Yeah. Oh, boy. No, seriously, you're done. There is no mm -hmm. Department of Education. Where Does anybody see a Department of Education here in the Constitution? Did we delegate anything to the federal government about lording over our education system? All right. Mm -hmm. No, we didn't. Well, when they seized that power, it's called government overreach. What did they do with it? Oh, now they have an active shooter industrial complex. People writing manifestos about going to get the white privileged guy, right? Mm -hmm. Shooting people because they're doing this uh, critical race theory thing. They're literally weaponizing children. And they're writing manifestos. And they're going in and shooting our people in a, because of the curriculum. The curriculum is causing the people in their schools, in their indoctrination camps, to snap and go crazy. Mm -hmm. That's what we get from these leftists. Okay, Now, they have uh, been openly, right out in the open, first of all, um, openly threatening the assassination of President Trump. Let me know how that works out for you. Right. Second of all, they've been saying they want to protect all of these corrupt institutions. And I say they're gone, done, finished. They're done. We're going to build a wall. Guess where it's going to be? Around the 10 square miles of Washington, D.C. You can keep your wall. Is that it? I have a big interview coming up. Wait till you hear what happened in New Hampshire. Wait till you hear what happened in New Hampshire. The next hour is going to be huge. Yep. We want to thank everybody who tuned in to Frank's speech today. That's right. Thank you. Uh, by the way, uh, the, the URL I was just notified is Pete. Dot. Are you prepared for life? BellaGraceGlobal.com. Pete. BellaGraceGlobal.com. All right. Uh, everybody go there. Um, 
Also get to Tactical Civics and a sign up ASAP. And I want one. We're not talking about punching a rumble button. I'm recruiting gunmen. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, he is not. No. You know him. what? Huh? What's that? I said I won't let him. No, actually, you know, uh, uh, hold on a second. I'm going to uh, say something. <laughs> uh, in the Marine Corps, what is your uh, your main job function, first and foremost? Regardless of what your job is, what is your primary role in the United States Marine Corps? You know what it is? Uh, to take care of the person next no. to you. Mm -mm. It's no. It's as a rifleman to kill the person who's trying to harm the person next, next to, you. to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, each and every one of you, your first, I, I don't care how old you are, if you're a man, a woman, whatever, you're an American. Your first and foremost top level job function in this country is as a rifleman or rifle woman. We stand in defense of our life, liberty, and property. We protect this lawfully, okay? And we also uh, stand behind every blade of grass, and we will accept nothing short of 100% accountability for wrongful and criminal acts against our country, period. Anybody want to get in the way between our way of life, law, order, and protecting life, liberty, and property? Uh, I suggest you don't because you're outnumbered, number one. You are, it's already get a given. This was in 2014 where we had a handful of okie dokes come running. We have thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are ready, willing, and able to establish law and order within each county, lawfully, legally, constitutionally, tactical civics, Dot com get there and sign up and we're not talking about punching the rumble button and having a percentage of you uh if you are not ready willing and able to save our country and if you love president trump you want to make him strong and you want to sit there and not participate please exit mm -hmm. step aside we don't need 100 percent of americans we need 100 percent of us patriots godly warriors uh, everybody stay right there. We will come back with the third hour. Powerful interview. I'm going to go uh, commercial uninterrupted. All right. You're going to love right. this next hour. You're going to love what just happened in New Hampshire. Mm. All right. Stay right there. Don't go away. Bye, Lindell TV. Yep. Pete dot Bella, right? Make sure you get your my slippers, everybody. Pete, Pete dot yeah, oh, there you go. That's right. Uh, MyPillow.com <laughs> forward slash Pete. Bye, Those everybody. Awesome. Yeah. Bye, everyone. We'll see you. Are you prepared for life's unexpected twists and turns? Lockdowns, natural disasters, power outages, or any situation that makes it tough to get your hands on a good meal. Time waits for no one, and neither do emergencies. PetePrepStore.com is the ultimate in long-term emergency food preparedness and supplies. 
You're not just buying food, you're buying peace of mind. Our meals are designed to be nutritious, delicious, and have a 25-year shelf life. Yes, you heard that right. 25 years. We source high-quality non-GMO ingredients and use advanced freeze-drying technology to lock in taste and nutrients. Forget last-minute runs to the grocery store. Pete Prep Store is a click away and delivers right to your doorstep. Why risk the well-being of you and your loved ones? With Pete Prep Store, you're always prepared. Make the smart choice today. Visit PetePrepStore.com and place your order today. This isn't just food. It's your lifeline in times of crisis. Don't wait for an emergency to prepare. Be proactive. PetePrepStore.com. Be prepared. Be secure. Be ready. Always. I'm excited to announce that you've all made MyPillow 2.0 a huge success. And with your amazing support, we've been able to expand MyPillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. And to make room for this, we're clearing out a line of our Percale bed sheets. And to thank you, I'm bringing them to you at closeout prices. Use your promo code and you get my king size for only $39 a set. Queens, $35. Fulls, $29. And twin size, just $25. I'm interrupted this commercial to let you know that we've received the last two shipments of these percale bed sheets and because of this i've been able to add more colors sizes and even prints and they're still at closeout prices so go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now use your promo code and you'll get my king size only 39 dollars a set queens 35 dollars full 29 dollars and twin size just 25 dollars order now once they're gone they're gone for good you're still looking good. I'm still feeling good. You know, I've got all your MyPillow products. Mattress topper, bed sheets, MyPillows, towels, slippers, blankets, sleepwear, dogs. Whoa, whoa, Charles. Everyone now can get MyPillow products at huge discounts at MyPillow.com. That's right. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to take advantage of our three-in-one sale. We're bringing you exciting new products, overstock specials, and closeout deals you won't find anywhere else. For example, when you buy one of our brand new MyPillow 2.0s, you get another one absolutely free. And with our overstock sale, you save 50% on our luxurious Giza Dream bed sheets. That's as low as $29.99 for the best sheets ever. And with our biggest closeout special, you get our all-season slippers for only $35 or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited and once they're gone, they're gone. This is what I want you to listen to. Uh, I'm going to play. Um, he's, a, he's a great patriot. You're going to hear him. Mm-hmm. He's going to speak of. Now, listen, we're getting back to. Does everyone want to uh, do something? You want to do something? You're wondering what you can do, right? Everybody always asks, what can I do? What can I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing mm-hmm. ever gets done. You know, it's a, that, that, that is a, when, when people say. Nothing ever gets done, all right? 
Um, I will say this. I will admit that if you go to a bunch of people whose job is to not get anything done, <laughs> you can pretty much predict that nothing will get done. Right. It's easy uh, to get that perspective. It is. So right. when I say that nothing is going to get done, uh, like, for instance, we have always discouraged people from going to Washington, D.C. to scream at white buildings. Mm -hmm. mm, nothing will come out of that. Um, so you, you can expect that nothing will get done because Congress is the biggest weapon in the weaponization of government against mm -hmm. the American people. Mm -hmm. You even had the new Speaker of the House, God bless him, uh, he said he wants to blur out the faces and protect all the informants. Uh, and you know what will be hilarious? No, listen to this. You ready? Mm -hmm. This is what I do now, Mr. Speaker, is that there's five whistleblowers over at the face unit that know about all of the federal agents. The majority of them at the front breach we're federal agents. Sure. And when everybody sees the blurred out faces of the federal agents, it'll be really hard to pick out the individuals uh, that are in between them. Uh, and those are the people that they indicted, but they were surrounded by federal agents. So I look forward to what the speaker says he's going to do. I look forward to that because it's gonna be very apparent, right? We don't necessarily, need to put any individual's life in harm by putting their face out there. Uh, the mere symbolism of showing so many blurred faces and so few individuals that were among them, patriots, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. Ryan Samsell, um, that'll make the point. I look forward to the blurring of the faces. Then I want all of those bastards arrested. You either come forward, blow the whistle on your participation, as a compartmentalized, useful idiot. You, if you participated in January 6th, thing that you, you were part of stopping terrorism, you are perfectly suited for the U.S. Army. You know why? Because as a Marine, you know what I used to do? Uh, go take all their shit. Yes. Yeah. That's what I want. I want you to be a dumb <laughs> yeah. freaking army dog, all right? That that really in Vietnam, did you know they retreated? Constantly, they retreated. How do you think the army had enough weapons and equipment to do the job they needed to do in Vietnam? This is a true story, right? Mm -hmm. um, you're typically not a, a Marine, all right? I'm not talking about special forces. Those guys are good. Mm -hmm. um, but generally, the average army soldier... Uh, is part of a culture with leadership that says, oh my goodness, we need to retreat. And they leave all their stuff behind. And the Marines love that because they had the lowest budget. Mm -hmm. They didn't need a higher budget. Just wait for the army to retreat and go get their shit. <laughs> well, this is what we have with the January 6th people. We had active duty military. Okay. Well, and by the way, uh, this is what you're going to hear in this interview. The gentleman you're about to hear from in, I think it was March, March, he'll say it in the interview. He noticed some things that were very wrong with how they were doing the election. So guess what he did? What? In March of 2020, 
he filed complaints and filed like lawsuits, redress grievance in March of 2020. In March. He's a constitutional scholar. He's not even an attorney. And his rights were violated. His vote was diluted. All right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he took his case all the way to the New Hampshire Supreme Court, you guys. Now, I'm not expecting that everyone's going to do that, but you better find somebody locally that can. Um, take it to the absolute hilt. And there's a great group of, uh, of, of, of patriots in New Hampshire. Wouldn't you agree? I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. So everybody stay right there. Um, uh, his name is Daniel Richard, and here we go. We're going to play this without further ado. Uh, now, I'm not going to play it all the way through, all right? Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to pause and interrupt and show you the result of his meeting with the Supreme Court, mm -hmm. all right? And it was epic. Yeah. It was epic. What did the government say in response to this okie doke that you're about to hear from? That's the key thing. You want to stay tuned. And by the way, when we have thousands and thousands and thousands of people and only 448 of you step up and mash that rumble button, that's a pretty good indication of how you guys are going to do when we take the next task, right? If you can master this one and operate in unison and for the love of God and sake of country, uh, if you can do that together, then you might be a little bit more responsible with that authority of we the people because it's a powerful authority we the people protecting our god-given rights if you cannot operate without hiding behind your computer and letting somebody else pay your way uh with energy and fortitude um i want you to give me your address and telephone number i'm going to do two things a, I'm going to come get all your stuff and put it to good use. I will hold it in trust. It'll be yours. I'm not going to steal it. I'm going to hold it in trust. I'm going to take your wife and your kids, put them in my car, uh, and we will take care of them because you are failing them right now by thinking that you can just sit there uh, and let President Trump save you. It's mm -hmm. up to us. We're the frontline force, folks. When we have... How many? I mean, this is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. There were uh, nine people who pushed the thumbs down button. Guess what? You're out number two. We will crush you. Put you out like a cigarette. All right? The 473 people. <laughs> 473. Can you imagine? Tens of thousands of people who come to the show. 473. And the other ones are like, well, I'll just go ahead and just milk everything for the free ride, mm -hmm. right? And sit there and consume and benefit at the expense of all others. Tell your family, all right, right now what you're doing to help save our country. You're letting somebody else do it. Apologize to them. Because that's the first step. The second step is going to be what? Tactical civics, every county. Um, do we have, right now, we have 1,600 people in the chat room, right now, right now. Can all 1,600 people right now tell me, have you gone to Tactical Civics? It's free. Tactical Civics, signed up, gotten all your information, 
and said, what am I going to do here at my household, in my neighborhood, in my community? Uh, what am I going to do? Have all of you done that? All of you. Please respond in the chat room as we go. Because this one man is, this is a great American hero right here. Daniel Richard from New Hampshire. Giving them the best Christmas gifts ever. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save $90. That's only $49.98 a pair. Quantities won't last long, so please order now. In 1979, a crime was committed. This is how voting machines came to be in New Hampshire. They did three things that radically altered, that allowed all this cheating to go on since then. Like I said, we've not had a legal election because they're not verifying the absentee voters. There's a certificate requirement from 1942 that was in effect until 1979. So here's what they did. Because the legislature wrote the statutes as to how the absentee voter is to vote absentee when they're out of town or they're physically disabled, they modified the physical disability clause and gave us a religious liberty. The legislature decided that it was going to do the people of New Hampshire. By the way, we're a Christian nation. We're a Christian state, right? What do you, there's no religious holiday in November. What are you doing? No, they gave the people a statutory exemption to vote absentee, not a constitutional one, but a statutory one. Back to the original story. If it took an amendment to the Constitution of New Hampshire to create absentee voting in the first place and to modify it again in 1956 to include primaries, don't you think it would have to be amended again to expand those powers? Right. Of course. Right. Absolutely. Of course. And that's what they didn't do. So but here's what they did do. So now they don't have to go through the regular legislative process because they're going to alter an existing statute. So they modify the text and then this gives them a unique opportunity that someone inside the legislature is well aware of. They're going to omit the notary certificate. They're simply going to take it out Wow! because see now hmm. the envelope used to have on the left side that you claim you'll be out of town with a signature line and room for the certificate. Mm -hmm. And on the right side, the physical disability exemption with your signature line and room for the certificate. Well, here's the problem. When you add more reasons why you have to vote absentee, you have to make the text on the envelope smaller or make a bigger envelope. But instead, they remove the notary certificate and continue to call the self-authenticated envelope an affidavit envelope. Really? But it can't uh, be because right. the law says that, see, in order to challenge an absentee ballot, in order to challenge anything in a court of law with an affidavit, it mm. must be sworn in witness before a public official authorized by law to administer an oath. That's what our election law affidavit statute requires. Mm -hmm. It says very specifically into the challenges section that any statute in our election laws that requires the voter to execute an affidavit, he must swear that affidavit and execute it in front of the notary. And that's what they're not doing. And that's and, huge and, and news. The, and the line of demarcation was 1979. 1979. <laughs> 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, my guest, Daniel Richard, he is truly a constitutional scholar. He's going to explain a little bit more about uh, why uh, he's become a subject matter expert to defend his own rights uh, in the courts. When we say constitutional scholar, uh, you know, he's he's looked upon as uh, as an attorney. He's an attorney. In fact, he's not licensed with the state bar, and there is a, I consider it to be a landmark case. Um, he's gotten this to the New Hampshire Supreme Court, and it has everything to do with the stuff we've been struggling with over the past several years that everyone has been suffering through info fatigue. But I say, do not be fatigued, because we have an a tremendous opportunity uh, some of the blessings that have happened through this experience is that individuals such as Daniel Richard out of New Hampshire and the story he's about to tell. He's told this to Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell, uh, I've, I've gotten to know him. I saw his reaction to the information that Daniel brought. Now, Bucket Brigade style, we're sharing this far and wide. And why? Because, ladies and gentlemen, don't get discouraged. Don't be fatigued. Never lose hope and always stand uh, for our constitutional rights. I think this is the core, uh, Daniel, welcome back to the Pete Santilli Show. This is the core essence of this story that we're about to tell as you proceeded since May of 2019 to this moment where you're gonna be before the New Hampshire Supreme Court to defend your constitutional rights, essentially, right? Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me back. It's a uh, pleasure to be here and I look forward to uh, this uh, conversation. It, it's uh, it's an honor. You're extremely articulate. And uh, I'll interject, you know, where, how I normally do. But I want you to tell our listening audience, and if, if we could begin by saying never lose hope, because you began this journey even before 2020 happened. You discovered that um, that your... Um, uh, election officials were changing the laws in violation of New Hampshire's own constitution. Uh, and early on, you attempted to redress grievance. Um, but that began in 2019. So this journey has led all the way through the election fraud issues and the, the lack of uh, the court hearing a lot of the evidence in cases. And I think the entire country has been discouraged saying, oh my goodness, you know, we're not going to go anywhere. These people are, are are corrupt. But on the other side of the coin, no, they're not. With some due diligence and some research and perseverance, the system works, does it not? People should feel a it's, sense of hope. Absolutely. It's possible for sure. And and that's really, um, you know, my backstory. And that is that I'm not anyone special. I'm like everyone else. I was raised in our culture, in our schools, the way they're conducted and so on and so forth. And so I came to uh, understanding our worldview, uh, became a veteran, uh, went abroad, came home. And but I'll tell you, being overseas was a wake up call. I came home and realized things weren't what I was told in school. Mm -hmm. Right. My foundation at home was not right. And so as life kept, kept along, I took a serious interest into civics, our way of government, how we all came to be here. And, um, you know, one of the things I used to hate politics and I still do, I don't like politics at all, mm. to be honest with you. But what I've discovered is this, 
Self-governance requires citizen participation. And what I discovered is, is that if you don't participate, other people are going to show up in your place and make decisions about your life that you're not going to appreciate. And that's been going on a very long time because our culture has been intentionally dumbed down. And I would say specifically by the removal of each of the 50 state constitutions. We're all taught the federal constitution, and it's very important to know what the U.S. Constitution says because it's half the contract. See, there's two parts here. There's a state and a federal constitution, Mm -hmm. and both of them affect your life. Mm -hmm. So why have our school systems, uh, I would submit to you, changed on purpose? Mm -hmm. Why and how they educate our children? Because what was originally public school to perpetuate the gospel right? To, to further the Great Commission. That's why America was settled. That's yeah. why they all came here to flee the Church of England, to have government sanction of what you ought to believe, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we have that now. Mm-hmm. We have that now through case law where the uh, the courts have said the state has a mandate to uh, tax your property in order to indoctrinate your children. Yes. So, that that's another conversation for another day, but yeah, and uh, and that, use part uh, of how we got here almost uh, economic coercion in order to get uh, the the school systems from the top down to adopt curriculum that the people would not you know necessarily agree with, but it's it's coercion. They say you adopt this curriculum, you get paid. If you don't, we you don't get any new air conditioning and windows, you know, and what are they going to do? You know, and that's what's led well, you us know, to this point, right? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, Pete, this is a great opening to get over the fundamentals of what my case is all about. And that is the fundamental nature that we are a constitutional republic and not a democracy. All power not specifically enumerated and delegated to either oh, the state yes, or the sir. federal government is reserved, as we know, in the famous Ninth and Tenth Amendments, reserved to what? The people. That's right. So um, this is the, 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 the matrix we live in today is that, that that limit on power is no longer respected. Our elected officials act like tyrants because no one's been stopping them for a very long time. So they've run amok. So they believe that whatever a majority, see, that's what a democracy is, right? Mob rule. When you get a, a majority of a legislative body, either state or federal, that gains a, 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 a majority power, they do not understand the source of their state authority or the limits of their power at, at state or federal level. Um, and so that, that's where we have them running roughshod over the limits of their power can i i, I want to emphasize one point i and, and you're right this is the best way uh to begin the conversation because when we talk about uh learning what your rights are and you know mo- more recently you know people are they're they're coming away to reading the constitution to find out what their rights are uh and and you are in fact reading half of the contract and the most important part because that contract with the federal government it's delegated to them. Here's your rule book. This is what you're told to do by the states. That what is delegated to you in this constitution is clearly written. And and those powers outside of this written constitution federally go to back to the states. You better know what your state constitution is because that's the main one that you need to rely upon, correct? Oh, absolutely. And, and let me blow your mind. 
the um, the delegation uh, to the uh, the federal government. Who are the parties uh, to the compact of the U.S. Constitution? The states are. The states are the creator of the federal government to create its enumerated powers. Right, wage war on on its on the behalf of the states, negotiate peace, contract international treaties and alliances for both common defense and commerce, as well as reg or in the last one, of course, is regulate commerce, international commerce. So this is the, the problem with the, the states now. They've all surrendered their sovereignty to, through the Commerce Clause by taking federal aid since 1933. And they can no longer nullify the acts of the federal government because your state officials have all sold you down the river by taking federal aid. Right, right. Now, sir, um, for the purposes of this discussion, ladies and gentlemen, we opened up. We're talking about Constitution. Now let's get the brass tacks. And it's very yeah. simple to understand. That, that in New Hampshire, there are basically two exemptions or two exceptions uh, to being able to go cast your vote uh, as an absentee. There are two allowances. One, you must, be, uh, uh, you must be physically out of the town, okay, because of, let's say, war circumstances. If you can't vote, you know, you're serving your country. Number two, you're physically disabled. The Constitution, the state Constitution, is very clear. Then King Sununu, at a certain point, right, signed off on House Bill 1266, which essentially blew that constitutional mandate. And by statute, he just said, oh, we can just do, for emergency purposes, anyone can file an absentee ballot. Now, that, that's, that's in a quick little nutshell. Now I'm going to throw back to you. And tell us at what point did you discover, oh, my goodness, this is not right. You can't change the absentee laws in violation of our own Constitution. Just willy-nilly say, you know, we received a bad weather report and I can't go. I'd like to file an absentee ballot. Um, so you began this journey well in advance of the 2020 uh, election in 2019. What is it? May 2019. 2019 is when I filed my first objection to the state legislature because they're the ones that make the law and can suspend the law. So if you're going to bring, for example, if you suspect that you're going to need to bring this to federal court, you need to exhaust all state remedy before a federal court will take it because they don't want to get involved until the state has adjudicated a matter anytime there is concurrent jurisdiction. In other words, when both the state and federal constitution have certain specific duties and responsibilities that are separate and distinct to their individual jurisdiction. All right. Now, prior but, to 2020, I'm sorry to just, I'm, I'm, I am going to throw back to you. Prior to 2020, absentee ballots were calculated as a percentage of the total vote, and it was about 4%, right? Exactly, exactly. And by now, changing but, through that, through what Sununu did, changing the laws, it, it increased that substantially. Uh, you filed and, and basically filed a grievance saying, oh, hold on a second, you can't do this in advance of the 2020 election. That's exactly right. Now, I want to back up a second with absentee voting and explain to your audience, because this is a really great teaching moment for me to explain to all of you uh, what the problem is and give you uh, a great case study on how your election laws ought to be changed at your state level. So here's how it works. In the 20th century, 
Article 11 of the New Hampshire Bill of Rights was amended seven times. And the fifth time was cr the creation of absentee voting for World War II. Prior to that, there was no excuse. If you were not there voting in person, there was no exception to voting absentee. And when they did so, they put in motion two excuses. One that you alluded to, that you're physically out of town, or second, that you're physically disabled. And so when they did that, they set a standard for amending the Bill of Rights. In other words, a constitutionally protected right can only be created by we the people, not the legislature. Because I'm going to share with you in a minute that that these expanded powers are not in constitutional rights, but rather statutory rights. So this is how absentee voting comes to be. Now, it was only for the regular election and not the uh, not the um, primaries. So in 1956, they used the same amendment process. See, this is my complaint throughout, that the state has bypassed the consent of the voters where it needs to amend our Constitution but keeps changing our election laws by statute. But back to what they did here. So they changed, they established the prim uh, primaries as an amendment, followed the same process. But here's the most important part. Equal application of the law. See, everyone must be treated the same in New Hampshire and in the, at the federal level. In the election process, they must be fair and equal, right? Mm -hmm. So they put in the same process to mimic the in-person voting. In-person voting here is that you show up with your ID. The supervisor of the checklist gives you your ballot. You go off in a secure area, mark your ballot, return, stick it in the machine, and out you go. For absentee voting, when they created this right, what they did is they had you go to a notary, a justice of the peace, or back to an election law officer. And you would show them your unmarked ballot. Your absentee ballot was unmarked. You had to prove that. Then you would go ahead. Why? Because who gave you your ballot? The supervisor of the checklist. And they did so what? In a secure area. So your your as close as possible, following the same chain of custody requirements to have absentee voters still vote in front of a public official authorized to administer to that because they've qualified for this special event, mm -hmm. which, by the way, only applies to those who are already registered to vote. But the next step is they get done at the absentee level. And then you go back to the to the justice of the peace or the notary, and they've done what? They made you produce your ID to prove you are who you are because they're going to notify they're going to notarize that envelope. Right. So the voter puts in his his ballot inside that envelope. He signs it. He seals it in front of this notary, who then puts their seal and their signature and certificate that this, in fact, is the is the right person. So watch this so that when the envelope gets to the voting station, right, when it finally gets there, either because the voter dropped it off at the town hall or they put it in the mail, it arrives and the moderator is supposed to do three things. One, make sure that that voter is registered to vote. Two, make sure the affidavit was properly executed. Ah, now we run into the first major problem. There hasn't been one since 1971, my friend, or 79, really? excuse me. Really? Wow. You don't, yeah. You don't even get to step C, which is to compare the signature. That's another story. So I'm going to keep it simple. 
1979, a crime was committed. This is how voting machines came to be in New Hampshire. They did three things that radically altered that allowed all this cheating to go on since then. Like I said, we've not had a legal election because they're not verifying the absentee voters. There's a certificate requirement from 1942 that was in effect until 1979. So here's what they did. Because the legislature wrote the statutes as to how the absentee voter is to vote absentee when they're out of town or they're physically disabled, they modified the physical disability clause and gave us a religious liberty. The legislature decided that it was going to do the people of New Hampshire. By the way, we're a Christian nation. We're a Christian saint, right? What do you, there's no religious holiday in November. What are you doing? No, they gave the people a statutory exemption to vote absentee, not a constitutional one, but a statutory one. Back to the original story. If it took an amendment to the Constitution of New Hampshire to create absentee voting in the first place and to modify it again, in 1956 to include primaries, don't you think it would have to be amended again to expand those powers? Right. Of course. Right. Absolutely. Of course. And that's what they didn't do. Mm-hmm. So, but here's what they did do. So now they don't have to go through the regular legislative process because they're going to alter an existing statute. So they modify the text and that this gives them a unique opportunity that someone inside the legislature is well aware of. They're going to omit the notary certificate. They're simply going to take it out. Wow. Because see now the envelope used to have on the left side that you claimed you'll be out of town with a signature line and room for the certificate. Mm -hmm. And on the right side, the physical disability exemption with your signature line and room for the certificate. Well, here's the problem. When you add more reasons why you have to vote absentee, you have to make the text on the envelope smaller or make a bigger envelope. But instead, they remove the notary certificate and continue to call the self-authenticated envelope an affidavit envelope. But it can't be because the law says that, see, in order to challenge an absentee ballot, in order to challenge anything in a court of law with an affidavit, it mm. must be sworn in witness before a public official authorized by law to administer an oath. That's what our election law affidavit statute requires. Mm-hmm. It says very specifically in the challenges section that any statute in our election laws that requires the voter to execute an affidavit, he must swear that affidavit and execute it in front of the notary. And that's what they're not doing. And that's and, huge and, you know, news. The, and the line of demarcation was 1979. 1979. Wow. And by the way, that's the same legislature that violated the separation of powers by delegating to an unelected body of bureaucrats named the Ballot Law Commission, whose original creation was authentic. See, mm-hmm. New Hampshire had the New Hampshire Constitution provides our state legislature to establish courts of law for any reason it feels necessary to deal with judging the public policy of the of its laws. And so it created the Ballot Law Commission to act in that very manner, to be a tribunal solely for quickly bringing uh, a, a judgment on election law challenges, period, right? Not a problem because they're not making the law. That's key. But that's the law they break in 1979. That's where the legislature violates its own power and gives away its power 
to an unelected body of bureaucrats to do what? Mm. To give them power to make law, to make all the ballot law and to authorize the use of voting machines in the local municipalities. In other words, the legislature gave power that it itself did not possess. The Constitution does not allow any branch of government to delegate the proper function of how votes are to be sorted and counted. This must only be altered by we the people. And so now they created a different manner in doing so. See, you got a question. Is this unique to New Hampshire? I'm assuming that the same rules would apply. Those same laws would apply elsewhere, correct? Well, the same fundamentals of modifying your government are, you know, that concept comes from the Declaration of Independence, right? All government or right originates from the go- from the consent of the governed. That's right. And 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 there were there have been references. I want to make this point, and I think you'll agree with me, um, where they say, well, there's nothing specific in the Constitution uh, as to your rights to vote. It, there sure is. Our Declaration of Independence says that our government is derived from the consent of the government and their duty is to protect our god-given rights and these truths are held to be self-evident we don't even need any further discussion right let let me blow that myth right out of the water so first of all article the new hampshire bill of rights article 11 clearly establishes you have a constitutional right to vote how else can you exercise your consent which is what you were just alluding to and then when we look at the federal constitution you have article one section two that establishes clearly that the people of the several states shall establish the manner in which they uh choose their representatives and that process is established by the state state constitutions Mm -hmm. and and of course then you have article two section two and the 17th amendment so that's absurd that you have no constitutional right to vote. Yeah, never now, heard anything more more ridiculous. Now, sir, in May, uh, you submitted your grievance to the appropriate authorities. You had to go through the proper channels. Uh, how was it handled? And tell us the progression at which now you're right on the not just the doorstep. You're in the New Hampshire Supreme Court. We'll talk about uh, that process. But what was this process where you you filed your grievance? They looked at you like you probably had ten heads what are you doing? Who are you? You know, you have no authority. Uh, Be gone with yourself. Uh, And you persevered, of course, but tell that story. Yeah, uh, to begin with, uh, my journey began in in the spring of 2019, where I served the Democratic legislature a a remonstrance, a written protest that they had, uh, I was demanding a hearing to correct the law, right? That you have by statute infringed upon my protected rights. They blew me off. We had a hearing. I take it all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court, you ready? Buys the state argument that your right to petition your government has fallen out of favor and you no longer have that right. What do you think of that, Pete? You no longer have that right? Is that what they said? No longer. That that right fell out of favor, according to my court. Wow. When? Oh, yeah. That was uh, the case was heard uh, 18 months ago. Case, two, we want to write this down, 2021-0325. You can go see the oral arguments. That was the first time I went to the Supreme Court. Mm. And, I, and I argued fundamentally that it's a protected right. I, had, I produced evidence that there were more than 18,000 petitions over 180 years where the people of the state would petition your state legislature to fix things. Okay, that's how you fix and how your government works. See, the legislature is supposed to act based on your needs, not on whatever the two political party system comes up with that thinks that they need to do on your behalf. 
Mm-mm. This is what's broken about our government. Think oh, about yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lording over us. I mean, for instance, like, let's take it all the way to the feds. How many, uh, what, 535 individuals in 10 square miles in Washington, D.C. lord over how many people and how many jurisdictions? No, right. no, 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 no. Right. 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 Yep. So that's that's what my first case before the Supreme Court, which is the right to petition your government and be heard to redress your grievance, which was election law related. Mm-hmm. It was counts. Three of my complaints in this case begin in that first document in 2019, mm-hmm. which is um, granting resident aliens the right to vote by statute. Stop in uh, granting to all American citizens state citizenship status, giving them the right to vote. And uh, modifying the state constitution without following the proper process needed to achieve inserting the domicile question. What they did is they amended the constitution by presenting to the voters five yes or no questions to amend it um, with one yes or no choice. Question A, change the voting age. Question B, insert the word domicile. Question C, voting in unincorporated places. Question D, change what month and how. The election winners are notified in question E, absentee voting. Those are five and separate distinct questions that should be presented to the voters of the state in an up or down, yes or no, one question, one answer, because that's how it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that. They, uh, Like I said, question A and question E were moot. In other words, they were already law. The voting age was already 18. Well, why is it the first question? Question E is absentee voting has been the law of the land since 1942. Why is it a question on when the voters are given one yes or no choice to adopt all of these changes, but two of them are already law? Mm -hmm. Two Two have subsequently been struck down by the Supreme Court for not being properly or for not notifying the citizens or the voters in a in a manner proper and required for the citizens to understand what they're voting to. Now, this, now, now, your first pass at it, uh, the Supreme Court um, uh, kicked you to the curb. And what allowed you to come back at it? Well, it's the underlying issues of the complaint were never adjudicated by the Supreme Court. Only my right to petition the legislature was being challenged. Mm-hmm. But see, now it's caused them a problem. Because had they ruled in my favor last time, they could have done what? Kicked the can immediately to the legislature and said, you folks need to fix the problem. Mr. Richard is correct. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. Now it's boomeranged. Now it's boomeranged. And so uh, a lot of people have been promoted along the way. And so that means that they're now having to sit in judgment of things. They, you know, look, uh, I'm not... Uh, uh, I, I believe in being uh, respectful and cordial to the process and respecting the process. And I don't mean to um, espouse or predetermine what any of them will do. But three of the four judges that will sit in this case are all Sununu appointees. But they will still have a duty to protect your right. constitutional right. And, rights, and, right? And from your lips to God's ears that they will honor their oath and and be impartial be an impartial uh, uh okay. and again the, the most powerful thing i have going for me is the recent supreme court rulings that now have okay. uh gone out to great lengths to put the courts the lower courts 
in the proper position they belong in. All right. Uh, pardon me for getting so overly anxious here. So um, uh, is it cut and dry? For instance, uh, you know, when you because the system is political, it's corrupt, you know, even at the highest levels of our Supreme Court. But the bottom line is when you really serve up a case properly, there's constitutional issues. So the New Hampshire Supreme Court right now, each and every one of them, regardless of their political persuasion, will have to say yes or no to the issues that you're going to argue. And it, is it black and white? Is it crystal clear? Like if they vote one way politically, it's in violation clearly of the U.S. Constitution. Is it going to be that that cut and dry? I believe so. Um, and again, it's because uh, my my education as a scholar rather than a lawyer has been predicated on fundamental principles. So my case as a pro se litigant, I didn't argue the case law the way they do, right? And quite frankly, I'm bringing to the court novel challenges in both the last case and this case. In other words, cases that the Supreme Court has never, this state has never heard before. So on those grounds, I'm bringing constitutional challenges. Can I, can and, I simplify that? And I want, I want to bring this back to, you know, layman's terms. You ready? And this is what sure. I understand. Like, uh, there's a term called stare decisis. And our system exactly is right. so messed up because they say, well, it's well settled law. We have this case. Uh, we've already made a determination. This is what it is. So we're not even going to see your case because we've already established that this is the law. It's already been uh, uh, seen before the courts. And you have to present a case saying, hold on a second. Uh, all of those cases were determined without really looking at the core constitutional issue. It's never been looked at that in 1979, that was the line of demarcation, and every case thereafter never considered that the Constitution was being violated since then, correct? That's exactly right. It's amazing. And and you watch the legal uh, process play itself out, and you watch somehow, uh, somehow, or sometimes, I'll give you an example. Um, there's a famous case a few years ago in 2018 where the Secretary of State, the former Secretary of State, was sued by a blind woman who was denied the right to vote. And the, the moderator denied her absentee ballots on the ground that her signature didn't match. So it makes it its way to the federal court and the ACLU brings in a signature verification expert who then uh, concludes that the average volunteer or local moderator lacks the skill set, education, or training to discern whether a signature is in fact a match on an envelope, on, a, on an absentee envelope, to such a certain degree that they'll disenfranchise a voter, that that shouldn't be allowed. So they strike down the signature verification. But here's the hook. No one's talked about step B, the affidavit. See, they left out the part that the moderator would be looking at a signature that was authenticated by a public official and certified. Mm. So that's a point of mar that's a serious point of reference to authenticating a document that they completely left out of the argument. Mm. And so now we have a case precedent that says, and the Secretary of State is relying upon it, that says we can no longer do signature verification as a tool to disallow a ballot. But I say, ah, uh, 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 
You can't go to step C because you didn't go to step B. You didn't author. You didn't verify or certify the absentee ballot. By the way, I have him confessing an open testimony before the executive council that this, in fact, is true, that there hasn't been a certified absentee ballot since the entire time he's been in office for more than 20 years. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so so let's break it down. Uh, You get to uh, you get the second bite at the apple uh, for them to consider, you know, uh, all all things. So break those down. What are they going to be ruling on? You're presenting your your yeah. a grievance, and they're going to say, "Wow, you've got a really good point here. We, we've been violating your constitutional your constitutional rights, and that's why you're allowed as a constitutional scholar protecting your constitutional rights. You're allowed to do this before the New Hampshire Su- Supreme Court. What are the issues? Well, first, it's not because I'm a scholar. This right belongs to everyone, and it is your individual responsibility to be educated and stand up for yourself. So that's the journey that kind of reaffirms, you know, why it's so important to uh, to do this. I, if I did it, others can do it, and that's what I'm encouraging others to do. But my second bite at the apple becomes, then I actually stand up for my rights. So the first right was violated, the right to redress agreements. Well, the second right is the election law issues, and that's my complaint. So strategy-wise, the first thing you're go- you've got to do if you're going to ask government to fix your problem is to serve them a notice of trespass and uh, by way of affidavit that you are accusing them of violating your rights and write them down, put them down in writing, have it notarized and serve them and say, hey, I demand that you no longer violate my rights. And here's why. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. And I did it before the 2020 election because the Democrats, remember, I told you the right to redress my grievances. They claimed the only way to have a hearing before the legislature was to file it on time. So this time I wasn't going to miss. So what I did is I put a cover letter on the same document and refiled it with with the legislature. So I was already on record protesting the 2020 election right after it happened. Wow. Because the underlying, well, the underlying issues, Pete, were unresolved. And they went into the election. They went in, they did it anyway. Never mind the 1266 that you talked about by codifying the COVID rules, right? Well, there's a separate issue there. So they knowingly had a, a, they had notice that they were in violation and they went forward anyway. That's uh, exactly. even more egregious, isn't it? So the cold COVID event happens. So meanwhile, uh, the you know we're still fighting with that whole process. And in the end, the um, you know they hold another election. So uh, I tried to prevent it in the springtime. So this current case was filed to prevent the local wow. uh, my my local town from having its local election. And uh, I went after the safety and efficacy of the machines because the state law says that if they touch them in any way, they void the safety, the UL laboratory safety certification on these devices. They void them and they have to be recertified if they're going to be put back into public service. Mm. And so on that grounds, as well as the machine being unconstitutional, I brought my current case to the, Rock, the Rockingham County Superior Court, where all of these things we're talking about are raised, and I raised six items in my lawsuit. And who in your lawsuit were you uh, bringing grievance to? Uh, both, the, or a bunch of people, the governor, the attorney general, the secretary of state. 
Speaker of the House, the President of the Senate in my local town, because they're all at some level within the scheme of government responsible for conducting the elections process in a manner that is in compliance with the law. Remember, the Connecticut decision recently was brilliant. It said we no longer have to prove fraud. All we have to prove the way the way statutes are written to protect voter integrity is they're written in such a way that the state is re required to follow the procedure. If they if the state fails to follow the procedure prescribed by law, the event is not is null and void. Mm. That's that's a fundamental maxim of law, which is in effect here. Right, and that's, right. what the, that's, that's what the Connecticut is, court just two weeks ago said he overturned two Democrats are fighting in Connecticut over the mayoral race. And this judge overturns the, the primary over what? Lack of ballot, absentee ballots. The same problem is here. No custody. They caught them ballot box stuffing on camera. Well, OK. Now, uh, you just said you don't have to prove fraud. Um, right. uh, approving fraud uh, is, is what we've been back on our heels with. And you're focused on procedurally, even if it was, you know, quote unquote, perfect election, you didn't follow the proper procedures to say that it was a perfect election. We can't determine everything that. about. Yeah. Everything about my case is about that fundamental fact wow. that you failed wow. to follow the process. And if you failed to follow the process prescribed by the law. Yes. Now, great patriot. Sounds mm -hmm. great. Now, check this out. I'm going to play an excerpt, and I want you, if you're listening to me right, this is epic. He killed it in front of the Supreme Court. You want to see? Mm -hmm. I'm going to play the full thing, the full hearing. Uh, it's 28 minutes long, but I'm going to do it for our local subscribers. Come in, have a chat. It's going to be before our LFA. Um, I want to play a couple of minutes of this, including when the judges, Supreme Court justices were asking the government, like, if he doesn't have standing, who does? And they're like, blah, 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 blah. they were literally falling on their faces. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so watch this, uh, uh, this excerpt uh, of the proceeding right here. Here it is. So beautiful. Less than 28 minutes. That correct? All right, Mr. Richard, please Thank proceed. You. Thank you. May it please the court, my name is Daniel Richard. I'm representing myself in this matter. I'm not an attorney, I'm a pro se litigant. And, and he's he's not trained in the practice of law. I'd also like to extend my apologies in advance for any procedural errors I may have made or that I may make before you here today. I request of this court to reserve approximately two minutes for rebuttal. I believe I was wrongly denied by the trial court a hearing on the merits of my case, including but not limited to the benefit of discovery and opportunity to present expert witnesses. It respectfully, I'm seeking from the court the following relief. They just dismissed them. However, in the alternative, I would ask for the court to reverse the lower court's ruling and remand my case back to the lower court for a trial by jury. They, they couldn't even call them uh, like a... Uh, an election denier because guess what he per preserved his rights before the election right. he said you can't do this mm -hmm. you can't have absentee ballots in violation of our constitution and they said you're not an attorney and they just wrote him off and pushed him off and he never stopped 
jury so a jury can decide whether the defendants either misunderstood or simply violated New Hampshire. Can you tell us if you were granted a trial, what kind of evidence you would present to the jury? Yes, I would present my rights, uh, the body of my rights enumerated in my briefs. And under the new standard of review, I believe that we'd have a different outcome. And so uh, under the recent cases that I cited in the late authorities. Guess what Judge Roberts said? Judge Roberts ruled and said, you can't do that. The legislature can't override your constitution without going through the proper process. I mean, you can, uh, but you need a constitutional amendment Mm -hmm. uh, to do that. Otherwise, your actions are null and void. You can't can't change, you know, the law uh, administratively. Just by saying, oh, well, it's COVID. Mm Mm-hmm. What we have is a shifting of the burden. The burden of proof is no longer upon me. It's now upon the state to prove that its statutory scheme would have, would have been applicable at the time my rights were enumerated. In the lower court, none of that was an opportunity. So we had an emergency hearing based on the, uh, the safety concerns that I had raised, and that was the extent of it, where my expert witness was in fact denied the right to testify, and we had no proceeding on the merits of the arguments. But that, that's my answer to what Along I would say. Along the same lines as Justice Donovan's question, what discovery would you have sought and how would it have related to your claims? Um, well, specifically uh, the state, uh, the Secretary of State's office. There's conflict in the law, so there was no ability for me to uh, question them. Uh, we have a, uh, a conflict with the affidavit issue which is the evidence that the state isn't following the process, right? The absentee voting requires section 659 colon B requires that the moderator of every town examine the absentee, excuse me, the absentee envelope and make sure that the affidavit was properly executed. That's not happening. We have a big problem that hasn't happened since 1979. And the reason it hasn't happened is that in 79, the state legislature decided they would give us religious liberty. And what they did is they created by statute, they created a statutory right that authorized a exemption for a religious exemption. At the same time, that same legislature omitted the notary certificate that had been in effect since the law, since 1941, when absentee voting became a constitutional right. And the big difference is the constitution provides- Aren't you proud of him, you guys? Seriously, this is us. This is us okie dokes. And we have somebody that we can have go to the podium to represent our rights. We do yeah. in every community. Yeah. Aren't you so proud of him? I really am. He caught and, he caught them. And they have fought so hard in New Hampshire. Oh, yeah. Uh, there were 300 people at this event. Mm-hmm. Uh, standing by in the gallery and peacefully, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, but, but basically, this is what he presented. Right now, he's presenting to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Justices. Um, there's only two acceptable reasons for submitting, for not showing up to, to the election, to submit an absentee ballot. Mm-hmm. Two, it's very clear. It's yeah. in their constitution. Yeah. They have been violating their constitution since 1979. They said, oh, we'll write a memo, change things. And you can't do that. There have been other states that got, you know, amendments to their constitution. And, and that's a separate issue. You know, they can say we can we're going to vote in communists only. 
if that's what they write into their constitution, it has mm -hmm. to be properly amended by two-thirds majority and all that stuff, right? It's in part two, article 32, that the moderator is supposed to sort and count the votes, not a machine. I don't know if I answered that question, ma'am. Mr. Richard, the state spends the first part of its brief uh, raising the issue that the issues that you actually brief were not in your notice of appeal. And you don't respond to that in your reply brief. Can you respond now, please? Yes, absolutely. In, in all due respect, yes, I failed as a pro se litigant to understand the process. And I thought that I would be given that opportunity during the, pro the legal process itself of actually having a hearing and, and preparing all my evidence for that hearing. But that didn't happen. And, and what is it that, uh, why is it inappropriate for the trial court to have analyzed and made a decision in regard to question eight of the 1976 amendments? It seems to me that it had all the information that it needed to make the decision it made. With all due respect to the lower court, they were absolutely wrong on every fact and every position they took in that brief. Let's go over 1976. There are five yes or no questions put to the voters in 76. The court has already struck down question B, the domicile question, and question D, which is the change in the time of who notifies the winner of the election and the month in which it happens. So these things have already been struck down by this court. The Fisher v. Governor struck down the domicile question. So why it still remains, I don't know. But question A, the voting age, was moved. It was already law. It had been passed in an affirmative manner two years earlier in 1974. Why is it the lead question when it's moved? If you look at the bottom of the voting guide, it tells the voters that question A is already law. Well, how can the voters say yes or no when you have five substantive questions relating from age, domicile, voting in unincorporated places, uh, changing who and how elections are notified, and E, absentee voting. Absentee voting had been lost since 1942 and then in 56 when they amended the Constitution a second time. So how, how that is not in, and here's the killer. Gerber v. King was already settled law in 1967. Article 100 of the state constitution is clear. You cannot change the, uh, the definition. I'm sorry, uh, I lost my train of thought. The, please help. Well, let me just ask, so uh, is your argument in regard to uh, question eight that the, it was premature and the trial court should have so awesome. had a trial on that? Well, or or that the trial court yeah. was wrong? Thank you, sir. Uh, my point was going to be that the Article 100 is clear. You have to ask a single yes or no question. You can't put five yes or no questions, give the voters one choice and call it good. So that, that's exactly where that's at. And that's what Gerber v. King struck down. So when the state cites Gerber v. King, they cherry picked one section of it that, that fit the narrative, but it doesn't address the underlying legal issue that five or yes or no questions is, is inappropriate under Gerber v. King. Background, I'd like to get into uh, the recent uh, uh, the recent late authorities that I brought into the case that I was unaware of when I filed my brief. Under that new standard, I, I don't call it a new standard, I call it the corrected standard of review. In the Second Amendment cases at the federal level, we had a corrective uh, decision in Bruin last year. And that was that Heller, the lower courts didn't get what the Supreme Court was trying to say in Heller. What they did 
and that case is in Bruin, they brought up the fact that, that, that all the courts now must follow this process. And that is that when you look at the, the Bill of Rights, you must look at the plain text and analyze the plain text. And even New Hampshire's case law, I think I cited, I think I cited the, uh, the, the most recent version of, of the same standard of review for this court. And that was that when you look at the plain text under this new precedent, on this corrective precedent, you're now left with, uh, you're now left with the burden shifting to the state. So it's no longer my burden to prove that the statutory scheme, and that's radical, that's a burden. We aren't bound by Bruin, are we? Uh, we are now because of, of Heller, excuse me, because of the Moore v. Harper case, because under the seven, excuse me, under Article One, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution, Moore v. Harper was the redistricting case, in that case, outline these issues. It outlined that now, because it's a federally protected right, it has to, the federal standard of review applies. So on that premise, Chief, excuse me, Chief Justice Roberts wrote, the federal constitution contains listen, no listen. provision allowing state legislatures to enact laws in any manner other than that prescribed. So they didn't object to the corrected standard. Oh, hold on. Listen to this. Federal standard Listen to what applies. Roberts already ruled on within the uh, couple weeks leading up so to this So on era. that premise, Chief, excuse me, Chief Justice Roberts wrote, the federal constitution contains no provision allowing state legislatures to enact laws in any manner other than that prescribed by the state constitution. That was referenced in the election law, which is central to my case here. These contentions are supported by, again, the recent case, and the, the cases I just cited, and the defendants didn't object. So they didn't object to the corrected standard of review. And that's what these cases have put in place. When you look at Heller leads to Bruin, Bruin puts in place the corrective action, and it applies. They take the Second Amendment case and apply it to all of the Bill of Rights. And so with voting, who, who is they? Uh, I'm sorry, the Supreme when Court. You, um, the Supreme Court in more, excuse me, in the Heller-Bruin decisions, put in place that now the courts must look at the Bill of Rights, all of them must be treated equally, and the same standard of review now applies. So when Bruin, excuse me, when the Morby Harper case comes down this year over election law, the two are now tied together because we're, because the state and the federal constitution have concurrent jurisdiction over, uh, you still have two minutes, you have time. And uh, over the, um, they have concurrent jurisdiction over the election process that the standard, the federal standard of review now applies. And had it not been for the recent decisions, uh, that that wouldn't apply. And so that's, I think, a major shift in, my, in, the, uh, in the debate. So the standard wouldn't apply in a, in a solely state election. Correct, correct. And so what's happened now under this new, under this corrective measure or this corrected standard of review is that uh, they've said very clearly that they, because both constitutions apply, that they must be held to this standard. I'll reserve the rest of my time. Thank you very much, Thank Mr. You. Richard. Attorney Connolly. Listen to this. I got to play this, Deb. You got to say it. it's not that long. Good morning, Your Honors. Thank you very much for having me today. My name is Matthew Conley, and I'll be speaking to the state. Um, I'm happy to take questions at any time, but I would like to make just three points before uh, we get to that. And I believe the points that 
the state would like to make at first can doubly serve as a signposts for the categories um, of complaints that the plaintiff has brought before this court. So first, there was no legislative overreach. Counts two, three, four, and five of the plaintiff's complaint can be treated as um, improper legislative uh, uses of power in terms of defining words, in terms of improper delegation of power. There is nothing that's been pled before this court to indicate an improper use of the legislature's power. Point number one. Point number two, um, there was no constitutional repugnance, so relating to the plaintiff's count number six, um, amending the Constitution without the consent of the govern or otherwise placing in language that was repugnant to the remainder of the Constitution. Um, I believe that the Superior Court's opinion lays out very well how the questions that were presented to voters in 1976 are reflected in the language that is currently in the Constitution of this state. So there is no repugnance um, or failure to uh, obtain the consent of a governed. And finally, an underpinning of all the complaints that are before this court is that there is no injury that has been presented before this court. Um, the defendant was, or I'm, excuse me, I used to be a prosecutor, so I apologize for that. Um, the plaintiff has presented no evidence that um, he has a cognizable injury in facts or in the law that is uh, connected to anything that happened in 2020. Well, who would have standing to raise such a claim? Ah! So it, it must be uh, legally cognizable. Somebody must be able to do it. And why not, Mr. Richard? So, Your Honor. Um, Did you hear what he just said? Mm. If the voter doesn't have standing, who does? Who does? The only, I think the only thing we see that approaches a cognizable claim in what has been presented to this court is there are there are brief references to uh, voter dilution. There are a couple problems with that. Um, the first being that that argument was not developed for this court at all. Um, there are no uh, facts to rely on. There are there, there's no development of the legal argument there. Um, further, there was a pretty. You know what? He said he claimed that his vote was diluted, but he didn't provide any anything in writing. Mm. The mere violation of constitutional law. <laughs> right? Is the evidence, you idiot. Process <laughs> or development of argument. So, yes, but there was, there were pleadings, there were briefs before we got to the point of having a hearing in this process, Your Honor, that th these things could have easily been more researched and more fleshed out more so that the trial court could have an opportunity to speak on them more. Um, returning to your uh, question, Justice Bassett, um, this is, th there is some speculation on my part here because again, we, the state was put in the position of responding to a number of complaints and perhaps not going into as much depth as we would have liked on each, but um, typically in from what uh, we've seen where a dilution claim arises, you're looking at more traditional gerrymandering cases, at um, uh, redistricting cases, that's where a, where a claim that a group of people 
have been disadvantaged, and there's there's real evidence to show that is where vote dilution enters enters the equation. I, I don't know that there's been any showing of that here, Your Honor. But you haven't really briefed standing. You haven't briefed standing. So, no, not before this court, Your Honor. The, so, this, we, so that that really is waived. I mean, it seems like why would we reach the standing issue? So, because that is an issue that can uh, be raised at any time, Your Honor. So you're um, raising it now. Oh. So, Your Honor, we did raise that in the lower court. Why didn't the, you brief it? It was not brief because what we were doing was we were um, answering what, or I'm sorry, we were addressing uh, what the Superior Court uh, 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 um, put into its state. The Superior brief. Court deferred standing, Correct. assumed without deciding that there was standing. So I would. In any event, I, I, I would like to address some of the substantive arguments. And what, what is the state's position on beginning with uh, Part 2, Article 100? I mean, the plain text of that amendment refers to each constitutional amendment. And there were, in 1976, uh, five. How do, you, how do we reconcile that? So, Your Honor, um, what I would point out in that case is there have been a number of rounds of constitutional amendments that have been passed in that way. There's the, um, the 1960s, and I apologize, I don't recall the exact year, uh, amendments for the Gerber case. You know what he just said? Hmm. Yeah, uh, we illegally amended the Constitution, but there's been other cases where they did that too. Jeez. Swear to you, that's what he just said. Oh, man. There were the amendments to Part 1, Article 11, and other provisions contained in the 1976 amendments. There were also amendments passed in the 1980s where this, this has been a method through which... Has anybody challenged that method before Mr. Richard? Um, it, Your Honor, I don't believe that was... That was something that... No, no, nobody's ever done this before, Your Honor. This is the first guy that's ever questioned our authority. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, uh, and And the state still says he doesn't have any uh, standing. He's not an attorney. Really? If he doesn't have standing, really? who does? Yeah. He's, a, he's a voter. I mean, you know. He's a voter. We very well developed. What has been challenged is when there is dissonance between the uh, yeah. But I got to play uh, this through, okay? I'm not cutting it off here because you got to hear what he says when he gets back up there. But isn't that's a different question? Correct. So no, 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 you're absolutely right, Your Honor. But what I was expressing is that I'm not sure that there has been. I'm so sorry. Um, There has been a lot of case law exploring the. the question that has been specifically raised. Here. Yeah, how to um, amend the Constitution about. illegally. And then um, on on the Part 2, Article 32 issue, the absentee ballot issue, um, I, I'm not understanding your argument, frankly. I mean, okay. the, the, the text of the Constitution refers to... Um, I'm sorry, I said part two, article 32, I meant part, part one or article 11 refers to a voter being absent or unable to vote by reason of physical disability. 
Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. In the Constitution. Yeah. There's only two things that you can do to qualify for an absentee ballot. It is clearly written. Yes. Right? Yeah. And guess what they did? They said, well, we're going to override that. And yeah. guess what they added? That what? if the weather's bad and you can't get there, <laughs> that you swear to you. Yeah. In 1979, they used the meteorological advance warning system that you can anticipate bad weather and thereby submit your absentee ballot. And the Constitution has nothing in it to say that. So the right. legislature just said, yeah, just write up a memo, say it's okay. Mm -mm -mm. And your brief talks about... Um the various amend legislative amendments since the National Weather Service Amendment, the Religious Amendment, <laughs> and National Weather among Service Among others, Amendment. as being a permissible legislative judgment. Yeah. I don't understand what that term means. What is a permissible, is a permissible legislative, legislative judgment? judgment? Permissible if it exceeds the authority of the Constitution. Oh! That, that's, I think that's a great question, Your Honor. Oh, so, yes, it um, is. To be clear, the uh, state's position is that the grants of authority that are seen in statute do not exceed the directives that are contained in part one article 11. What? so there are we submit there are some specific delineations of instances where absentee voting is permitted um absence from the city town or ward but not exclusive is your position those aren't exclusive that, that is where I was going, Your Honor. With, I, I apologize, I didn't yeah. speak over you. Um, in reading with the remainder of Part 1, Article 11, where there is a directive granted to the state legislature, I'm sorry, directive of the state legislature, that voting places are to be accessible to all, including elderly and disabled. We do not read those pieces of the constitution as contradictory one of them does not they do not clash one does not swallow the other those are two provisions in part one article 11 that are meant to be so, read so why would there be specific reference to physical disability and absence I, i'm sorry your honor why would under that reading of the constitution uh, part one article 11 why would there be specific reference to absence and and uh, physical disability yeah, yeah. Uh, he said, so why is it specific in those two articles when you're saying that that third one says that the government can do anything they want? Right. Why? 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 So, um, I, Wouldn't that be superfluous? I'm speculating, Your Honor, but I would imagine that those are those are probably two of the most ready examples of instances where a person would be unable to gain access to the polling place but when read with the remainder of part one article 11 in that directive for um, access to the polling place for all there is there is a directive to maybe contemplate a little bit oh my god you know what can i can i mention something here uh -huh. he just read that part where it says that the Constitution requires that the polling is available to all, right? Mm -hmm. So they use that willy-nilly part to say, oh, well, it's got to be available to all. And this person is saying that 
It's not available to them because there was a bad weather storm, right? Right. And they literally wrote it up. No, that, that's all of the people that are included in those two categories. You're right. not present or you're physically disabled. And then it goes on to say that it must be available to all of those two people, mm -hmm. those two categories. Right. You understand? I do. Yeah. Hold on one second. It's guidance, a guidepost for the ballot commission. Why is that constitutional? So one moment here. Well, you got a good point there. Wow. Let me turn to that page. <laughs> Your Honor, it's well settled law. We've been violating it for decades. Hmm. Excuse me. I, I apologize. Um, I have a lot in front of me. Um, so, oh. Your Honor, um, looking at the guidepost for what constitutes permissible authority from the ballot law commission um it can be seen in uh in looking at the rules outlining when and where the legislature Stay right there delegates yeah, it's authority done. so in looking at um i'm this isn't new this is all contained in the briefs um opinion of the justices 143 and h 429 1999 that there are two broad rules of law that apply for determining when such authority can be delegated. The first is that the legislature is prohibited from abdicating its legislative power. That is not what has happened with the, the creation of the Ballot Law Commission. There is a specific directive that there is a body that has been created to oversee oversee certain aspects of election law with the primary directive being overseeing how ballot counting devices are implemented within the state. And we are granting this specific body a power to help us in achieving that goal. That's not an abdication. And where can we look for the prescribed standards for administrative action in regard to the Ballot Law Commission? I understand the creation of it, but where, where are the guide rails, as it were? Um, I apologize, Your Honor. I do not have those statutes directly in front of me. Um, but I, what I can go off of memory, uh, Your Honor, is that that is contained in the election law code. So that would be somewhere between uh, RSA 652 and 71, um, if memory serves. And I apologize, I'm out of time. Um, but I'll just end it by saying that the election law code does provide clear outlines for what exactly it is that the ballot law commission is empowered to do. Thank you, Attorney Connolly. Attorney Tierney. Guess what this guy says. Your Honor, uh, I agree with everything he just said. Michael Tierney for the town of Auburn. The town of Auburn is but a small town, um, and the town joins in the arguments of the state as far as their uh, constitutional issues. Um, the town has not um, violated any of the statutes that the state um, had adopted, and it is the responsibility of the state to defend the constitutionality of those statutes. We join in their arguments that they're constitutional. 
but we don't provide um, any uh, you know, separate argument from what the state offered in their brief, just like below in the trial court, we simply joined in the state's argument. I do just want to make 100% clear, though, um, that the town has never um, denied Mr. Richard uh, the right to vote in any town uh, election, any state election. Um, and Mr. Richard has um, acknowledged both in his complaint and in the oral argument that he has been provided a ballot and an opportunity to vote in every election. Is there any confidentiality concern with any of his votes or have there been? in terms of setting aside a separate box and therefore general knowledge of whose votes in the box. So there were 30 some odd people who put um, their votes in the hand count box in that last election. And um, I'm not aware of how anybody voted and nobody in the town is aware of you know, how people voted. Is a hand count option a standard procedure? It is standard procedure um, in the town of Auburn, at least. I'm not sure that every town provides that as an option, but the town of Auburn um, has a, a hand count option. So and how long has it had that option? So it has had a separate box in the September and November elections. Um, I believe in the March election, there was basically a pile on the side of the machine um, where you could put your ballot instead of sticking it in, it was basically on the side of the machine. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much, Attorney Tierney. Mr. Richard, rebuttal. All right, let me start with ballot box. The ballot box was provided after I was denied the first time. So the first time I was denied the right to vote because if I did not use the machine, that was my only option. And that's where the fight began. Injury. And was your vote counted in no, that one? No, I was denied the right to vote the first time. And this was after I gave the town and the Secretary of State notice that this, there was a problem and a conflict with the law. And rather than sit down and work and solve the problem, they said no. So the, the box was provided the second time. As it pertains to injury, this is, this is detailed in my pleadings. 40, excuse me, the average absentee turnout prior to the recent amendment or alterations by statute, 4%. The 2020 election, 32%. Those are the state's figures. So when we look at was the vote diluted? Absolutely. And look, here's another one. Every single absentee ballot is defective, and it has been defective since 1979. Why? Because there's no affidavit. We have an affidavit statute in place, right? And no one's complying with it. So that's a bit, that's obviously a huge problem. Uh, the ballot, excuse me, the, the uh, ballot law commission. The ballot law commission is an appropriate institution under Article 4, Part 2, Article 4, as a, as a tribunal. But under the election machines or the voting machines and the statutes, what did they do? They expanded that power. And so now the ballot law commission has the ability to make law, suspend law, uh, police their own rules and regulations, and sit in judgment of their own rules and regulations. So that's the underlying issue. And again, Morvey Harper struck it down. The Arizona, the Arizona case, the Supreme Court dealt with four different states pertaining to how this power has been abused at the state level and the corrective actions were given by them. I want to get to my closing points here. The defendants argue I have, excuse me, the defendants argue that they have the authority to define words. Be so kind as to allow me to finish. 
Please finish your sentence. Sure. Uh, the I'll, I'll summarize it this way. This is great. I have no I have no argument against any of the things that they want to do. But we have a beautiful system, and the beautiful system is the amendment process, and it hasn't been followed. And that's my the argument in total is that if they want voting machines, follow Massachusetts' lead. Right? Their constitution is almost identical to ours. Why is voting machines constitutional in Massachusetts? Because they gave permission to do so. And they didn't in this case. So when you apply the federal standard of review to every one of my grievances, the state has failed to meet its burden. Thank you very much, Mr. Richard. Thank you. Uh, thank you, all counsel. Cases submitted. Courts in recess. Uh, so, was that Great. not epic? Yeah. I it hope really you guys is. that uh, are tuned More into this. More to do that. Right. Yeah, we, we are. We are going to do it. Here's mm -hmm. what I want everybody to do. Uh, and and, you know, seriously, I, I also need I, I need to be a little bit uh, with some tough love. OK, one thing I won't tolerate um, is if if I were in a room with each and every one of you, if I were before right now, I have to take this uh, yeah. 12, you know, 1200 uh, uh, people. Uh, in a room before me, all right, uh, I, I, w I would tell you, you can't just sit there and be a seat filler, okay? You have to step up here. We're at war. Uh, and, and I would be, uh, I would rather have, if it's a thousand person stadium, uh, I'd rather have three people sitting in a seat that are willing uh, to fight for our country, uh, to fight for each other, uh, to do what is necessary, uh, and have everybody leave, okay, uh, who is not willing to fight. So I'm going to take us through step by step, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you, um, and I'm going to have to set it up so that I can, I can uh, align with, um, you know, individuals like, you know, the tactical civics, uh, this is for all the marbles, folks. There are thousands of people that are stepping up. I want to gravitate to them. I want to work with them, and and I want to work with people because you you, you can't. I, we can't, you know, show up. President Trump can't show up to work every day and fight for his country more than you are willing to fight for your country. Can't happen that way. So I I want to appeal. Um, you, you know, and I don't care if it doesn't hurt me if you put the thumbs down button. If you want to be molly coddled into saving yourself, you know, that's like a, you know, uh, a Jew in the line to the gas chamber uh, being upset because I'm screaming at them to run to the hole I have cut in the fence. Run, leave, You're being lied to. You're not going to get a cup of soup. You're not going to get a shower. Run. And that. That, that Jewish person turns to me and says, you got to ask me nicer or, you know what, I'm just going to ignore you and see if you just go away and just hide over here. I'm not going to do, I'm just going to do, just go along to get along and just wait to be gassed. Um, I, I'm looking at the number right now. We've had well over 15,000 people plus uh, come into our show. How many of those 15,000 have gone to tactical 
Civics.com for free and signed up and said, I, I want to participate. How many of you? How many do you think, folks? Take, take a wild guess. How many of the 15,000 people that say, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what we need to do and do nothing. How many people do you think? Take a wild guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what we need to do and do nothing. Uh, how many of the 15,000 people, you know, basically benefited from the great conversations we've had and the topics we've covered today? And, and just just took, took, took and consumed uh, and didn't lift their finger up to say, you know what, we the people together are going to do this thing. Uh, 544 people of over 15,000 uh, were willing to just lift their finger up and just push that button and help propel our show and expand the show and, and reach out to other like-minded patriots. 544. At, at, at what point do we um, start or stop complaining that the, that the people in Congress, you know, are not doing anything uh, when the biggest culprit right now and the failure of our country is we, the people, uh, not doing what we need to do. We have all the tools, like, for instance, Daniel. Yeah, nobody was doing anything. But he did. He saw it all the way to the Supreme Court. We need participation from everybody right now. I want to show me what we as a collective unit are worth. Uh, I, I, I will not be part of a losing proposition. Uh, I, I will not be a leader of 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 people that are not willing to lead themselves, uh, but I, I'm willing to step out there and do, and I think I'm doing a lot. I think I'm doing a lot. I hope you believe so. You're here. If you didn't think so, you wouldn't be here. I'm not looking for your adoration. I, I'm I'm trying to inspire, and I'm most concerned. Uh, that, that the Americans are not acting and, and you're displaying it like right now. I mean, even like to Mike Lindell, to, you know, to President Trump and, and to, to everyone. Uh, everyone loved jumping on the General Flynn bandwagon when he won. Not very many of them were at his side like I was when everybody turned on him in fighting his legal case. Not very many. I won't even mention some of the biggest names that didn't want to be associated with General Flynn when he had his allegations against him. It was too hot of a potato. Uh, we're not. I, I, I want. I want the cowards to be gone. Okay, go step aside. Get out of our way. You are literally a a liability uh, and a hazard. And you need to agree with that. You are. If you, if you don't do anything, you step up and, and do your part. You know, what are you going to tell your children and your grandchildren? 
that when the going got tough, all I did was just feed off of the energy of others. That's not what we do. Oh, and, and that's a good reason to blame them, right? Don't do that. Step up. We can do this together, I'm telling you. Uh, and listen, I'm not looking for everybody. I'm I'm literally wanting to shed the Klingons. I want a small, like I said, if there were three people sitting there that, that were willing to put their lives on the line and stand shoulder to shoulder with me. And I, and I we are going to put our lives on the line. They're going to want to kill us. That's why um, we, we need to be prepared to die because they want to kill us. Right now, I'm calling upon each and every one of you. All right. We, we, we have right now the ability to have a thousand people. We don't even have that. A thousand people. Mash that button. H have you all gone to tacticalcivics.com, signed up, said, all right, what do I need to do? What do I do? I want to be a stamp licker. Just get in where you fit in, whatever it takes. How many of you? Um, don't be that one that doesn't act and you think that your country will benefit from you hiding because it won't. No, it won't. We will save this country. Or we will certainly die trying because they want to kill us. But that ain't going to stop me. stop me. I'm never going to back down. I'm not afraid to say that we need to create a militia in every county, working with the constitutional sheriff, do so lawfully, and to lay a letter of law down. Retribution is coming, and it's going to be ushered in during the great we set. Go to tacticalcivics.com. And of course, visit our new sponsor. Go to Pete at bellagraceglobal.com. Pete, I just got that URL. They just notified me. Pete at bellagraceglobal.com. Check it out. Join us. Uh, support our sponsors. Support us in this Great. We sent. I can't wait till tomorrow. Bill Ogden from Tactical Civics is coming on tonight. Tyler Nixon will be joining me. And then join me on our backstage platform, which is Locals. So if you're on Rumble, join us. Like I said, it's a small group. I want warriors. I don't want any Klingons. Please go watch Ben Shapiro. And, and punching the thumbs down button because you didn't like how I spoke with you doesn't faze me a bit at all. You know? Bye. I love you guys that are willing to love yourselves. Uh, and thank you to all of our local supporters for all of your support. I would not be able to do this without uh, your support. All right. Go now, Tactical Civics. Uh, 
Utah.com. Let's go. Let's get, the, get this thing done. We got 1,200 counties so far. 